This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We just watched Lucifer rise. You're the same thing, only bigger. The same brand of cockroach I've been squashing my whole life. So on to season five. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing, doing great. Well. I'm so happy that we're here today, you and me, my friend Jeremy, uh, to just to talk about a couple of hunks. Just some hunk chat and two of the best hunk episodes that we have seen on this show so far. Like These are both very, very strong. Um, and we, we learned some we, we learned some facts. We, learned some, we, we, learned, we get a mythos and we learn about it. That's true. Um, very strong, like you said. Um, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I'm just picturing hunks being strong now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like kind of posing with their with their muscles all oiled up. Uh, you guys may have heard that we recently launched a Patreon, so if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. I think we're almost at our first goal. Um, we are. Everybody has been really awesome so far, so uh, thank you. If you're interested, you can check that out. Yeah, and part of the one of the reward tiers is getting a shout out on the show. So um, we want to say that up front. Um, so first off, thank you to Eric. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. And thank you to Fletcher. Fletcher, thank you very much. Hey, you guys are awesome. Very very cool. Um, what do you want to do next? Uh, <laughs> I've kind of forgotten. I'm ready for that. <laughs> for that road so far we got to catch everybody up mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. on where we've been and where and the you definitely been. so so last week you told me you had written it down but I, it was it came out in the outtakes later that you had you had faked me out that you had actually just done it off the top of your head you have definitely written it down this week right that's uh, i understand yep uh for sure it should be in your notes can you uh can you not see it on the uh I, I can't there's nothing in my notes so i'm just assuming that you're writing it down in, in your secret notes the ones yeah that I cannot no, see. no no that's okay hey don't worry about it they're not secret it's just you probably just have to scroll through and see i could read it to you right now if that's what you wanted yeah let's find out what's on the road so far what's been happening in season five so last time on uh season five of the hit tv show supernatural mm-hmm. um sam and dean have they're back from uh the, the dead <laughs> i mean not that recently but they both <laughs> they both died before and, and they're back they've been back for a while but they're but they're back okay. and um lucifer is free he because lucifer was dead too and he's also now back too um mm-hmm. same with castiel dead but no no longer um so everybody has, has never been dead by the way but yeah keep going yeah everyone's back and they killed war uh you know one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, that's me, though. That's real. Well, they cut his finger off and took his ring, um, which maybe that'll be more powerful than um, they realized just yet. And I'm floundering here, but um, okay. So it's they, weird that you're floundering on just being able to read some sentences that are you've yeah, obviously pre-written. It's hard to read by handwriting. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> these are handwritten notes. Handwritten notes, huh? Wow. So <laughs> they they fought war. Um, they fought yep. their feelings, and they a lot of feelings. Yes. Uh, they decided that they needed to part ways. It's um, and this episode, as you're gonna see, like the episode of the the show, is called uh, the breakup part one. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're ready to deal with some shit. The boys have gone their separate ways, like, amicably. Like, Dean didn't try to stop Sam from leaving, and, th- and this is this is where we're at. It's not good. 
Yeah, they, uh, they, they, Sam left. Dean said, do you want the Impala? And Sam said, no, because he knew that that was not a legit offer. And yeah. then he got into a, a random person's he got truck. Got into a, like a strange man's left. car and just yeah, thought, yeah. this is okay. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that uh, that catches us right up. Good, good. I really appreciate you writing this stuff down and preparing these in advance, Chris. Thank you very much. Yeah, no sweat. So we're going to move right into the first episode we're covering <laughs> today, uh, which is called Free to Be You and Me, a.k.a. The Breakup Part 1, mm-hmm. written by Jeremy Carver and directed by J. Miller Tobin. Air date was September 24th, 2009. Sam wants to give up hunting for angels and demons, but a mysterious visitor changes his mind. Mm-hmm. Dean attempts to help Castiel locate the archangel Raphael, who may know God's location. A mysterious visitor, you say? It's, who is this mysterious visitor? I don't know. Like, I guess the three dudes that show up in, at his bar that he's not hiding out very well in. But yeah, uh, hmm. I think it might be it might be our the person that we see in this, this first scene, perhaps. But it says, uh, "Oh yeah, I guess that, I guess that is yeah. true." Okay, that, that, yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut cut to shirtless Sam snoozing away. It's not often that we get a shirtless hunk in our cold open. I think we can agree on that. Um. But this is following up on some of last week's creepiness that the show has started to like to push forward, despite all like the mythology growing and like an epic angel demon battle like looming um, behind the scenes right now. They still manage to pull off these these fairly unsettling scenes, and it's not totally up front here. But but Sam wakes up from from a dream or is still in a dream, whatever, and he rolls over and he sees Jess, uh, an actor that we haven't seen since. Season two, I guess she showed up in that uh, random alternate reality episode with the Jin. But yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen her in quite a long time. We haven't. Um, this is Adrian. I always want to say Padalecki. Same. Jared's <laughs> yeah. last name. Uh, for a long, long time, I thought this was the chick that Jared was married to. Like every time she would come on the screen, anytime we watched uh, Agents of Shield, where she played uh, Mocking Mockingbird on. Like every time she'd come on, I look over at Autumn and be like, "That's that's Sam Winchester's wife," and she's like, "No, it's not, sure. It's definitely not." <laughs> that was his TV girlfriend for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like this actress a whole lot, and I like this scene. Like we we know as the viewer what's happening here. Like this is obviously Lucifer getting into Sam's head. Mm-hmm. Um, very specifically from the the last episode, we saw that Lucifer is not going to lie to a, you know somebody. He's just going to kind of sneak up into their thoughts and feelings and uh this definitely feels the same as that scene although at this point we don't really understand why they'd be doing that so like sam just thinks it's just like he's just having a like a super realistic dream basically yeah um and she asks him obviously he talks about how much he misses her and um i think it's a pretty normal reaction it's been what almost five years since she would have died in in supernatural uh four years maybe and it's like it does seem like like a genuine reaction, like a genuine feeling. Like he is dreaming about like his dead loved one, as if she's still there. Um, but the conversation doesn't really go the way that that you would think, because she asks him, "Why are you running away?" Um, she she brings up how you know the last time that you tried to run away from all this, when you tried to go to college, when you met me, you were trying to live a normal life, but now like. I don't know if it's her who says it or him who says it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he says, last time I wanted to be normal, um, but this time I'm, I'm a freak, and I know I'm a freak. Like, I can't get away from that. I'm just trying to take myself off the board so that I can't be used against Dean. I don't know. Yeah, I think he he feels like, you know, with his, with his demon blood problem and his um, 
capacity for demon blood powers, demon blizzy powers, as they call mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something that if he gets onto this battlefield, if he starts participating in this war to stop the apocalypse, that he could be corrupted from either side. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that throughout season four is the angels putting him in a position where he would be corrupted by the demons and that he would have these powers in order to kickstart the apocalypse. So I can, I can definitely see his reasoning for running away and I can definitely see his kind of thought process on him being calling himself a freak like he's he's because he kind of is like no no offense to the sam no, lovers no, out there for sure my, my dude had demon blood dripped in to his mouth at, as a baby which is basically the start of every single corn song in the 1990s so <laughs> <laughs> that dude is a freak um and she she says kind of i mean sam has said this himself so many times but uh she says to him like ah, what i was dead from the moment we said hello like the moment that i met you sam winchester i was already dead if I had never met you, it would have been okay. She doesn't say that part, but that's what she's implying. Um, implying that, like, well, I think, and she says as much, too, like, you can't run away from this. This thing inside you, like, you've already tried getting away from it. Even when you didn't realize what it was, you couldn't get away from it. Now, you know, you've been addicted to demon blood. You started the apocalypse. Like, you cannot run away. Running away is not going to, to save you. Things aren't going to change. And I think that she says as much. Like, the, the, you are never going to change. The situation is never going to change. You're a freak. You can't run from it. Yeah, and and Sam understands this, and he 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 believes it right now. Like, there's nothing he could do to prevent any of this stuff from happening. That uh, I was dead from the moment we said hello. Line really plays into all of Sam's insecurities about himself and like how he views himself in the world. Like, yeah. that basically, he's a he's a toxic person. Um, he starts kind of openly weeping about this, and then she immediately disappears, and we get a kind of a, like he looks around like, was that even real kind of thing? And then mm-hmm. it's crash land, we get our supernatural splash, and then uh, it's one week earlier for some reason, and I don't really understand why they do this. Like, I would have been, like, it doesn't really seem necessary for the plot, and I don't, like, I just don't know, why, like, it, you could have just told me that Sam woke up <laughs> the next day, and that's have been fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Simple Man comes on, and that makes up for everything, because yeah. I love Simple Man. That's a great rock song. Um, and we get these cuts back and forth between Dean and Sam now living their quote-unquote new lives, God. where <laughs> Dean is um, a hunter, and we see him doing some hunter shit, and Sam is a busboy, and we see him doing some busboy shit. Yeah, just like uh, really like centrally soaping up uh, a countertop and just like scrubbing that shit in his tight shirt mm-hmm, while this woman mm-hmm. just watches him. <laughs> um and and Dean is all suited up, you know, playing fake FBI. Um, but despite that, it actually it's kind of a sad montage. Whenever they show the boys like living their lives separately, it always is a little bit sad because it's like, no, you you two should be whatever stupid thing you're doing, you should be doing it together. Yeah, and with, and they set up a bunch of stuff. Like, I, I love the transitions in these scenes. So like, there's. Um, Sam, you know, lifting a big box of dishes and setting them on a counter kind of fast. And then that, that transitions immediately into Dean lifting up a vampire and slamming him on the hood and st- starting to stab it. And then, you know, it immediately goes back to Sam with a knife cutting up lemons for the bar or whatever. Like they go yeah. back and forth very well showing like there's these weird overlaps and what they're doing that isn't the same at all. Uh, I, I like all of this. I think this is all very cool. Mm-hmm. We see, we get a little bit of setup because there's a, at this bar that Sam is busing for, uh, we see in the background like a waitress like kind of staring at Sam in appreciation like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that dark that dark headed stranger is definitely my type yeah she's I know a hunk when I see one <laughs> oh yeah uh, man I want issues and I want muscles <laughs> and that boy has both <laughs> she has a type Chris that's what I'm saying <laughs> oh yeah uh, and you know it's it's weird when Dean 
is uh, FBI. He says his name is Bill Buckner. Now, I don't know why he, he switched away from the uh, the whole rock star thing to, to go with the defamed uh, baseball player. But, uh, that's, is that that's what that is? I had so, no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the year because obviously it was off before my time. But growing up in New England, you know about Bill Buckner who lost the Red Sox. Who, who's blamed for losing the Red Sox the World Series in, in the 70s or early 80s. Um, like Stephen King has talked about him in, in books and how just like all of New England hated this dude because they were finally going to win and, and break the like the curse that everybody believed was on the Red Sox. Um, he missed like a like a ground ball to first or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, but everyone, yeah, everyone always just blamed him for losing that game. Like, and I, he let something slip past. So I was like, is this supposed to be some sort of metaphor for Dean here, or is it just a weird reference? I'm pretty sure that's who Bill Buckner is. <laughs> I'm going to look that up really quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, and you, you you've got it right. Okay, so, uh, this, good. This okay. Dude, it was, and I believe it was 1986. So, yeah, it was at 1986. In fact, they have a whole entry. Like, imagine you did something so wrong that people on Wikipedia thought to break it out into its own section, like about your <laughs> life. <laughs> like, it has a whole subheading title, like that thing that you did that was so bad that everybody talks about. Like, we need to we need to mention that before anything else. So, I wonder why Dean chose that name. Yeah, that's. It seems a or little why weird. The, why uh, the writers chose? Why that the name writers for did Dean. it? Yeah, I don't. Seems like a, a an odd an odd reference, but uh, I do like that we get like Dean is like kind of jamming out to Simple Man and driving mm-hmm. the Impala, and then we look over and uh, he kind of looks over at the empty car seat, kind of longingly, like God, I wish I just I wish I had my partner back, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think in a lot of ways Dean firmly believes that he's better off with the Sam of now, but he still has the Sam that like. He still has the little brother that he pictures in his head that he wishes was there. Um, exactly. It just turns out that, you know, that's not what Sam is right now. And probably not what he has ever really been, but Dean still has, like, the vision of, like, if saving people, hunting things, like, the family business, like, that That still rings true to him. And I think that there was a part of him that always believed, even when things weren't going the way that they should be, that that's what him and Sam were. Like, they were this family business following in their dad's footsteps. Um, and there's always that echo of it in his mind, even though he's tired and he doesn't think he can deal with Sam anymore and he's better off without him. There's still that echo of, you know, we're brothers, we're family. This is what we should have been doing together. We should have been rocking out to Simple Man together. We should have been rocking out this entire time. Why were we rocking out? Jesus Christ. Just picturing <laughs> with Dean, this? like, telling him some, some stupid <laughs> fact about the song that Sam wouldn't care about. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, and then we get... Uh, hashtag just hunter things which i love uh <laughs> dean just kind of cleaning the blood out of his jacket we talk a lot about like what the what the boys do in their downtime and mm-hmm. um you know brushing their teeth and things like that i, I just want to call it out again that i really enjoy seeing like the day-to-day life of a hunter and dean having yep. to like scrub this jacket to get vampire blood out of it i think um, that stuff adds more color to the the characters than like any of the emotional shit at this point like we know these boys feel but like do they yeah. do their laundry that's important information how are you going to do those huge darks? How are you going to manage those gigantic darks? <laughs> Just gigantic darks. God damn it. I always always mess that up. Um, but Castiel shows up, just kind of teleports in and scares the shit out of Dean. And uh, they, they talk close for a little bit. And Dean specifically calls him out. It's like, we've talked about this. This is personal space. You can't, you can't just... You can't just get up all up in my grill, Cass. You have to. You have to be a couple of feet away from me to talk to me. Yeah, they finally. Uh, Cass, or I'm sorry, Dean finally. Uh, finally had to say something about it. That's <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, but Cass has a plan. He um, number one, Cass found. If you if you're curious, <clears throat> excuse me. Cass found uh, Dean because you know Dean's invisible to angels and demons now. Uh, 
because since he got all those, he got his bones marked up. But uh, mm-hmm. Bobby just apparently told him where Dean was. Cass so <laughs> just teleported there. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Cass wants to kidnap uh, Raphael, who is now walking around on Earth. And, uh, and Dean just refuses into- to not refer to him as a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Angel, I believe, yeah. is the line, which I think is, is really great. Um, and yeah, interrogate him to try to find out where God is. Uh, once again, Dean says, you know, have, have you found God? And more importantly, can I get my can I get my necklace back? He wants his charm back. Um, mm-hmm. And like, Kaz convinces Dean, and Kaz is still very much into the, uh, like, the deadpan delivery. Uh, and when he does it with... Like the seriousness of this conversation of like you know I need your help you're the only one that can help me like you're not going to die like the angel is definitely not going to kill you because you're you're Michael's yeah. vessel so you have to be there for me I need your help and uh, but also at the same time he's he's really close to Dean again <laughs> and <laughs> he can't like, help himself just I just I mean like every scene that I see these two in now like I can't help it like I think they're going to kiss at the end of it Chris like yeah. I don't. I'm not going to turn this show into a, a Destiel podcast, right? Like, I don't no. think the world needs that. Maybe, maybe it does, and that can be, you know, Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, just uh, still astounded that I didn't kind of pick up on this stuff until this rewatch. Uh, and yeah, like, man, it's it's intense. It isn't. It's very yes. Um, I think I always blamed it on on an, on an angel thing or the fact mm-hmm. that I thought that. Dean was seeing uh, Castiel as a brother, as he starts to see him that way. I was saying this like off off air, but um, and I think that in some ways that is the interpretation they're going for. But the further we get into this, like the Destiel interpretation, is just like yes, you can one hundred percent have you have proof for everything, basically. <laughs> um, and Castiel's like okay. It's time to jet. He's up in Maine. Let's go. And Dean's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. The last time you zapped me somewhere, I didn't poop for a week. There's <laughs> yeah. a direct quote. I, I like, I really like when they start dealing with real world consequences of all this, um, um, angel shit. Angel shit. Yeah. Like, like it's just, it's not easy just to get zapped across the world. So he convinces, uh, Castiel to drive to Maine, uh, which is really funny. This is going to be kind of a hard episode to deal with because we cut back and forth so much. I like mm. I like the way this episode progresses. Like I like the fact that we basically get two, you know, a a plots, right? Like normally yeah. we we might have a, an a plot and a b plot, but these are two a plots that get devoted like as much time to one as the other. So like they seem equal. They seem and they both seem pretty weighty. Um, so if the podcast is hard to follow, it's because this episode is hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh- not to uh, not to harp on it too much, but like we've discussed before, a lot of times, and it kind of happens going forward. Generally, Sam is B plot and Dean is A plot. Um, that's how the the show kind of is. So it's good to see at this point that they're still on equal footing. Um, but at the same time, uh, another thing related to that is uh, with Dean and Cass. Like, how do you feel about their their friendship or whatever their their bond? Like, not even like to talk about Destiel stuff. Just meaning like Dean like throughout this episode clearly starts to bond a lot with Cass. And all I could think was that he was literally filling the hole that, that Sam was left leaving behind. As much as Dean feels like he wants to be like, you know, independent and, and kick an ass on his own, he doesn't need Sam. The first chance he gets, he's all, he's all buddy-buddy with Cass. I mean, he directly calls it out at the end of the episode where he tells uh, Cass, like, I've had more fun with you in the last week than I've had in the last five years, and you're not that much fun. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like it's it's specifically Dean Dean's responsibilities to his family without Sam being there without him having to worry about Sam all the time 
is just freeing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently, uh, I was the moderator of the politics channel on the duck feed network on the duck feed slack for basically since there was a politics channel, even since before then to be technical about it. But, uh, I recently stepped down from moderating politics and like, it's not because the people are bad or anything. It's just because the political nature of everything right now in this world is kind of crap and shit. Like it's just bad. So I was exposing myself and having to read a bunch of like badness all the time. Now that I don't do that anymore, I am probably 30% happier with life. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, and I'm sure Dean feels exactly the same way. Not that he doesn't have to like smell Sam's farts and deal with t- Sam's tears. Like mm-hmm. it's those just, are the, those are the two big ones. Demon, two big ones. Demon blood is three. Is number Demon three. blood is a, is a, is a distant third after the farts and tears. I yeah. guarantee you. <laughs> it's going to, I think, I think tears are number one because Dean doesn't want to talk about emotions. Farts where he can just, he can make fun of Sam for it. So that's sure. farts, farts are two. You know, they're deadly, but, you know, he, it's something that he's equipped emotionally to deal with. Um, whereas the rest of Sam Winchester, not so much. Exactly. We go back to Sam, speaking of Sam, and mm-hmm. uh, there's this waitress that we saw in kind of our What You've Been Doing montage is there, and she's kind of pestering Sam. Um, she's like, listen, so- I, I have moved in officially to Flirt Town. And yep. I want you to be my neighbor. I am. I am. I have just been elected the mayor of Flirt Town, and I am here to pass some flirting laws. I believe. I believe uh, Sam calls himself uh, a riddle wrapped inside of an enigma, wrapped inside of a taco. Yeah, like she's basically saying, like, "Hey, you showed up out of nowhere. Um, I saw you complete the Saturday crossword puzzle from the New York Times. Like, you completed it just." you know, like in pen or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, obviously there's something up with you. And like, how about you? I challenge you to a game of darts. And if I win, you'll take me out to dinner and tell me all of your life story. And And he's he's like, like, yeah, okay, not doing that. That's totally fair. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, and of course, you know, because they're, these boys have had the best child rearing available from John Winchester. Uh, like they know how to hustle mm-hmm. <laughs> as we've seen with pool. And obviously he knows how to throw a dart. He's so like, yeah, 0.0% chance of taking you on a date lady. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, she's very impressed when he hits basically three bullseyes in a row. And, um, a new story comes on and he just instantly turns around and walks away. Like yeah. doing that is nothing. And she's like, what the, like there's a moment where she kind of raises her hands. She's like, are you serious? Like we're flirting <laughs> right now. Even if you're not interested, that was the hardest snap to the news <laughs> that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And, uh, on the news is a uh, Pam Beasley lookalike that mm-hmm. is I really I could have sworn was Jenna whatever her name is I can't remember her name now but um uh, Jenna Fisher maybe yeah but she, she she's definitely not I looked her up and she's played a reporter on three TV shows that's it that's the only acting she's ever done maybe she's a really real reporter uh, maybe she is yeah um that uh that dude on Parks and Recreation is a real reporter apparently that uh Pert Happily or whatever oh really. <laughs> Yeah, and he'll show up on other TV shows as a reporter, but it's, he doesn't do his, you know, purred thing. He just yeah, does yeah. it straight, and it's really weird waiting for him to, like, you know, the word do the purred. Yeah. Right. yeah, do the word with purred thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> but there, there's been freak hailstorms and fires in the, in the area, and, of course, Sam, like, figures this out is, you know, is going to be about the apocalypse. So yeah, naturally, naturally, of course. Of course, yeah. Um I guess let's just finish out this little plot line real quick so we don't have to cut back and forth so much. But Sam calls Bobby after piecing this together and is like, hey, you might want to send some boys out here. And he's like, yeah, I have a hunter right in the area. Let me think about who it is. Oh, yeah, it's you, Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like- also, they just like left a newly paralyzed Bobby who doesn't know how to really deal with his his new uh, disability. They just left him alone at his house. Like Nobody's there to help him. They should be. Yeah, there's. 
taking care of this man until he figures out his shit. I mean, I know he's there's, a proud man. There's no man. Sheriff Mills like or anything. Like, yeah. And Bobby probably doesn't have good enough insurance to have a living nurse to help him get up those like four flights yeah. of stairs in Bobby's house. I just feel like Bobby <laughs> has done a lot for people and they could pay him back a little bit here. Just a fucking little bit. Like, if Sam wants to leave the, uh, leave the life, like, go stay with Bobby. Like, you know, just like, hang out. She, like, a hugely supportive move <laughs> to just go stay with Bobby even just on weekends man like help the dude out maybe you could uh give him a tattoo that would prevent himself from getting possessed again I feel like you, y'all should have brought that up way sooner with Bobby way sooner oh um, hey, hey Bobby you know these tattoos that we got and you fully aware like you ever thought about getting them too <laughs> I mean, again, you don't have to get him on your chiseled chest like we'd have. That was our choice. Like, we wanted to show him off a little bit, but yeah. Um, it, it, But it turns out, like, Sam is definitely wants to be out of this life. He's like, I can't, I, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he goes, okay, I'll send some people out. And uh, so let's go back to Dean for a little while. Dean has now driven to Maine, and they're going to talk to a sheriff who is, uh, that Cass says has witnessed Raphael. And Cass says his plan is to go in, tell the sheriff that he had an angel sighting, and that he would then the sheriff would then tell us where the angel is. And, <laughs> um, this this is going to get like the rest of this episode is is Castiel being the the very straight man and all of this stuff, yeah. and it works extremely well. Like Castiel being forced to pretend to be human basically and to have to deal with like a human side of himself is very hilarious. Yeah, they they go full goof too. Like when he pulls out his FBI badge and he holds it up upside down. Like there's he's not even <laughs> like we've I don't know. We've, there's probably been like one or two comedic moments with Cass so far, but this is like this is his time to shine. Yeah, this is the first episode where you, you really get the feeling that um, they're they're gonna write some real funny stuff around this dude, and especially <laughs> the next episode. Like they they lean into that yeah, way hard. They really do. Um, but in this episode, we we get we do get some goofy stuff. Uh, I like that Dean convinces him to lie by saying like, yeah, that's, that's what we do when we want things. That's, that's how you get to be president. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, it just cracks me up. And yeah, Castiel, uh, walking into this interrogation and he's, you know, the sheriff describes this riot of 30 to 40 people just, you know, fighting with each, each other with murderous intent. And he looks over at D- Dean and just says, it's probably the angels and demons. Yeah. <laughs> and that, the scene that unfolds where Dean is trying to get him to stop saying the word demons is really, yeah, really funny. Yeah, de- demon. It was the demons. Dean's like, yeah, no, no, no. It's a, it was the demons. It was just like, he, like, why you guys, it's the demons. Why aren't you listening to me? <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, but of course, at the end of this this riot, there was an explosion, and uh, yeah, it's there was just one dude left. It was a, a town mechanic guy, and uh, Dean says, "I'm," and I bet he just disappeared into thin air. And he's like, and the sheriff is like, "No, yeah, <laughs> he's he's just over at Saint Mary." And fucking Castiel leads over and says, "Saint Mary." <laughs> Yes, Castiel. Yes, with like it's a like it's the most important thing ever. It really makes me want Misha Collins uh, to guest in Twin Peaks at some point. Like I feel like David Lynch could take Misha Collins and make him into something way fucking great. Um. So this is all. This is all really good stuff. It's, but we also know now. Like that was, I don't know. I think that was the cause, uh, or caused by the Archangel trying to get his vessel, or was that? After the vessel left, I feel like I'm not. I, I figure because the way I figure it, um, 
they knew it was Archangel. It was, they were trying to find, the angels were probably trying to find Raphael's vessel so that he could go do some walking on earth shit. And the demons also were trying to find it okay. so they could prevent him from doing that. And then there was a fight and they, he was able like to take over the vessel and that explosion wiped out all of the humans around. Right. Like, so they were just, yeah. So this is a lot more extreme than, than Castiel entering uh, Jimmy Neutron's body. This is an Archangel is a big degree stronger, more powerful than a, uh, than a regular angel. And, and we see this because uh, they go to St. Mary's to to see this guy, and he is like the quintessential, you know, drooling, vacant expression, like completely out of it kind of look. And uh, Dean says, like, can I, this is what I can expect, you know, when, when Michael, if, if I say yes to Michael, and Cassiel says, no, no, you'll be much worse. Yeah. Mark, Michael is a much more powerful archangel. And I'm like, and Dean's like, wow, thanks. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, like, it. the stronger, the stronger, the, the angel, um, the, you know, the, the worse off you're going to be after agreeing to be an angel condom. So, mm-hmm. yay. Um, somewhere around here, Cass also goes to Jerusalem to get yeah. special holy oil. Um, <laughs> How was it? Arid. arid. It's <laughs> 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 um, it's one word description of this holy land, arid. Um, but yeah, they, that's, they're introducing like a new hunter tool, like, like a leveled, an upgraded, you had to you know, spend some uh, upgrade points on uh, holy oil to get yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerusalem holy oil to sure, yeah. basically make the, the angel equivalent of a devil's trap. Yeah, so the, the idea being that they're going to use this vessel to summon Raphael back, and then uh, this oil, if they light it in a circle around the vessel, uh, Raphael won't be able to leave. It'll contain him. Um, and I think at some point Dean says, isn't this kind of catching like a, like this tried to catch a hurricane with a butterfly net? And Cass says, no, no it's, it's actually much, much harder. harder. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, is this where Dean says, it's not right here. I think it's a little later, but, uh, at this, in the same conversation, he goes, do either of us have a chance to survive in this? And <laughs> Misha Collins just looks at him and says, you do. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn. And, uh, the deadpan delivery is so great. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great deadpan delivery. And then at the same time, that's Castiel saying like, yes, I'm going to die, but you'll get the information that you need. Like, of course, yeah. That's just how this is going to go, and it shows how dedicated Castiel is to his mission right now, of which is just finding God. And I, I guess by that, stopping the apocalypse, um, because he mm-hmm. doesn't believe that God has anything to do with going with what's going on. Um, well, he doesn't. We all we know that as the audience, the angels and demons are doing this themselves. Um, but yeah, so Castiel is kind of throwing it all on the line. A little bit of a, a Sam Winchester move. But he knows that Dean will be okay because he is the uh, he's the Michael sword. He's the Michael sword. Um, this ritual can only be done at sunrise. So uh, there were Kaz was planning just to sit there quietly. I think he literally says, "I just was planning to sit here quietly um, until the sunrise, until they can do the ritual." And when Dean figures out that Castiel is has never been with a woman and uh, has not had any uh, cloud seeding, which is another weird euphemism that Dean uses yeah. for sex. Like, you never not... cloud seeded in this persqueeter? Yeah. Come on, Cass. I don't get why Dean is like surprised by this. Like, he's an angel. Like, why yeah, would he? He's... He's only been possessing uh, Jimmy Neutron for, like, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like a week or two, basically. Why would he be, like, boning down on humans? It just it seems like a weird move. It seems like angels would not have sex, and it feels like Dean should know that. Although, granted, he did have sex with, with sex an angel. Sex with an angel. But, she, yeah. again, she was in human form, and as soon as she was back in angel form, she was like, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, bud. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Um, and let's leave that there. Um, 
or actually, I guess we need to talk about the line where Dean says he only knows two things. Um, it's one is that Burton, Ernie are gay, which <laughs> kind of feels like a dated reference nowadays for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is like, I can't let you sit here, uh, and, and, you know, on your last night on earth and not have a good time basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back over to Sam where his, his secret identity of Keith, Keith. <laughs> which is the name that he gave up for himself, uh, is busted open when three like rough looking hunter dudes come walking in. It's like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, you need to. And of course the, the waitress chick whose name is Lindsay, uh, witnesses all of this. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Keith, Sam, um, Keith, Sam, cause they're calling him Sam, but he's like, Oh no, yeah, it's my middle name. Um, and these these hunters, I think that these actors are really good, especially the main guy, because they're halfway between like cordial or like uh, amiable, like and friendly, and uh, menacing. Like th- these are hunter dudes who come with like good intentions to talk to Sam. Like, hey, come on, we know you're in the area. Like, come help us, dude. What are you doing here? Um, mm-hmm. And they don't seem to, you know, they're like, whatever, dude. Yeah, but whatever you're dealing with, come help us. Let's go deal with these these demons. And it's when they start getting like frustrated with him that you know their colors start to change a little bit. Um, they're frustrated that Sam doesn't want to come with them. He's like, "No, I need to like not be hunting at all. I'm a liability." But he won't really say why or, or elaborate in any way. So they're like, "Okay, dude, keep you know busting <laughs> tables here, whatever." Sure, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and uh, this this feels very awkward. Um, and he basically says like, "Hey, I'll get the beers when you get back." Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go out there and hunt these demons. I'm definitely not going to help you for some reason. <laughs> and then I'll see you when you get back. Like, I feel like we said at the beginning of the episode that I kind of understand some of this. But at the same time, when presented with the actual consequences, which are these hunters showing up to his door, blowing up his identity, and then, like, leaving to go fight the good fight, I feel like Sam I, I feel like Sam would want to get back in immediately. Like, he, mm-hmm. that he couldn't help. But I... I don't know. Like I know they're doing this for plot contrivance, and at the very end of the episode, he begs Dean to come back in anyway. But yeah, it's, it's it just feels a little off to me. Yeah. Um, also, why didn't Sam just have an excuse, like a, like a different one that's not the truth? <laughs> why does he why, just put your leg in a cast? Like, I can't hunt demons when my yeah, leg broken. <laughs> uh, hey guys, yeah, like I'm I'm actually really sick. Like I can't like, well, you know, you could come up with something serious, you know, or like, dude, like. I know this is like super bad timing, but like I've got runs like you wouldn't believe right now. And exactly, like, I just, every I, hunter would believe you if, if it would believe him if it's uh, the hunter runs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I just got the hunter runs. Yeah, I live on bar <laughs> food. What do you expect? Yeah, I'm gonna need to take a day. Okay, you guys can help me out. I need to take a day. And they're like, "Oh, um, for sure, my dude, we'll come back. Don't even sweat it." But no, he's gonna be all dramatic about it. No, no, have some sort of secret, mysterious reason, which of course, like, intrigues this Lindsay person even yeah. more, and she basically insists that they go out to dinner um, together. While she and she just does nothing but like try to pry into his life, and then she said, and then at some point during the conversation, she says, "Oh, I'm not trying to pry." Or yeah, like, she literally says, literally, that. literally, the whole thing, the whole reason you were at dinner with this with this dude is to do nothing but yeah. pry at this. You've been dude's prying memories. into his 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 life for like the whole week like that's been your thing i don't even know if you're bussing tables or, or waiting tables like you're just talking to sandwich do you even work here or are you just hanging out are you just staring at school <laughs> <laughs> are you just a bar regular <laughs> well i guess she's not because we we find out that she has been sober for three years and and she's a she's a former alcoholic and uh mm-hmm. or i guess that they say that they're always alcoholics i don't know the terminology but that's what she says like i'm three years sober and i i know i know one when i see one yeah, she's saying I know Sam that you, like you're Keith. Pardon me, Keith. 
you're de- you're dealing with the same sort of thing I am. I don't know what it is, but I see it. Like I, I can yeah. recognize it. And like, girl, like honestly, you right. Like I've been talking a lot of shit up here on this podcast. But like you, you are right about Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't. I, th- I think. I don't see anything wrong with Lindsay's character at all. Like, no, especially no. when we get to this point and we, and we hear this, we hear this confession from her that she was a recovering alcoholic is the way that, um, mm-hmm. they're in, she's in recovery. I, I think it's the way that alcoholics refer to themselves. Um, it's just interesting, you know, well, I, what, what do you expect her to do? She's a single exactly. lady. She sees mm-hmm. this like big hunk of man meat blow into town and she's like, yeah, I'm interested. Like this man looks like he should be on television and he's just hanging out here. Oh shit, I Uh-oh. dropped my phone. I was so excited, you guys. <laughs> no, not the figs. <laughs> my um, my palms are getting so sweaty just thinking about it. <laughs> palms are sweaty, arm spaghetti. Yeah. Get in there, Chris. Oh yeah. Um I, I I I like this whole scene. I like her identifying um Sam's addiction. I'm not sure that you know, we we've been talking about the the parallels that Sam has with the Stephen Blood thing and comparing it to you know an addicted personality or an addicted person, um, and it's it is very much like that. This is the first time I think that the show is going out of its way to tell us that. Yeah, um, there was the one episode with Chuck where he tells Chuck, "I wish to God I knew how to stop," but really, it's been it's it hasn't been quite as overt as this is, and uh, so she straight up calls him out on it and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's he also does this thing where he's trying to sidestep around but tell her the truth. Where he says, you know, I I used to be in a family business um, with me and my brother, but a lot of people got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I always like it when Sam goes out of his way to tell the truth, but also not the entire truth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's always always fun. And he says a lot of people got hurt because of his mistake, and I feel like that's the understatement of the year. But it's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Sam, you let Lucifer out. <laughs> Wasn't but, a mistake. It and was I a think, fuck up. I think in a lot of ways, this is the person that she need, that he needed to talk to. Even just anyone like her, anyone who struggles with their own thing, even like for her, it's just a personal battle with like her addiction, with her her struggle. Uh, for him, it's you know letting Lucifer out of hell, but it's a little bit different. But she says there's nothing that that done. Nothing. Nothing's ever been so bad that it can't be forgiven. Nothing. Um, and that's an important thing for Sam, I think, to hold on to. But I don't think that he's ready to believe that yet. No, not at all. And that's and that's you know that's an important step on your on your twelve steps of recovery is forgiving yourself for all the horrible shit that you did when you were under the influence. Mm-hmm. So, like it's it's going to be this is going to be a thing with Sam for a while. Like he's he's not going to let go of it yeah. just because he had a conversation with this chick. Um, and I think that a lot of the stuff that we bemoaned a little bit in season four with Sam is paying off now, and it's going to continue paying off throughout the season with his. As he says it himself in one of these episodes, redemption. You know, he, he wants to he wants to fight back against what he believes he truly is and what he's done. You know, he wants to make it right. And I think that they slowly start to give Sam the tools to be able to do that mm-hmm. in an effective way and not just to like, yeah, but then he saved them and it's good now, right? Like, no, he has to pay for what he's done. He has to make up for it. Um, let's go back to Dean and Cass. Oh, for uh, sure. Our, our, uh, our, our comedy duo this episode, Dean has taken, uh, Cass to what Cass calls a den of iniquity. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was at this point in the episode when I was making notes, uh, that I just literally st- found myself writing stuff that they were saying. I don't usually like <laughs> write actual quotes down unless I hear something that, you know, we could possibly use in the, uh, in the intro. But yeah, I was literally just starting to write every single funny thing down that they said. Cause, um, 
number one, Kaz is sweating. <laughs> like, yeah. visibly, he's visibly shake, fam. <laughs> he's visibly shake, family. Uh, he is he is very nervous to be here, and, you know, Dean tells him to calm down, and he says, I'm in a den of iniquity. I should not be here. I'm an angel. And he's like, honey, dude, you, you full-on rebelled against heaven. Like, iniquity is one of the perks. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta lean into this. Come on, my dude. <laughs> this is so good. Like, this is the first time we've really seen Castiel nervous and kind of out of his element. And it, I think it's at this point that um, we, we talked about this when, when Castiel first showed up, like how he, at this point in the, in the series, he's super scary. He's very serious and he's very authoritative. Um, it's here where they start undermining this with comedy a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's going to happen even more on the next episode, but I still like this. <laughs> like yeah, this still yeah. works. <laughs> Castiel's path to being human, uh, especially in season five, or to being more human, um, makes sense. And it fits, and it's funny, and it's fun to play with. And it makes his actions both more humorous, but also more heroic, because he's not immortal anymore. He can't. He doesn't have these angel powers. He's just a dude who's you know afraid to be at a strip club, um, and who can actually die when he, he goes into battle. <laughs> I just I love Cast at the Strip Club yeah, so much. It's, it's so good. good. Uh, he goes into the back. Um, you know, I'm assuming that this is a strip club. I guess this is actually like a, a full on whorehouse, though, right? Like this yeah. is actually like a like a because like it, it's implied that he's not getting a lap dance, and we we don't see any like stripper poles or anything. So um, whatever. He goes in the back with a woman, and then of course, like five minutes later, she starts screaming at him. It's, Dean rushes back, and she screams it at, at Dean, like you know, you both screw off or whatever. Um, and he says, what did you do? And Kaz says, I just looked her in the eye and told her it wasn't her fault that Gene ran off. He just hated his job at the post office. <laughs> <laughs> and and Dean said, like, this whole industry thrives on, on father issues is also a really great line. So, well, so does the uh, hunter industry. So I guess the oh, yeah, right to absolutely. say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, a lot of things seem to survive, thrive on daddy issues now that we can think about it. Uh, and they, they kind of leave out the back door because of course the, uh, uh, bodyguards have shown up. The bouncers have shown up and, uh, Dean just thinks this whole thing is hysterical. And it's like, man, I haven't had this much fun. And, and he kind of stops himself. I haven't had this much fun in years. Like if you think about the time that we've spent with Dean was him showing up, you know, at Sam's door in the middle of the night. Uh, and then ever since then, his life has gotten progressively shittier and worse. Like he was yeah. a little happy go lucky in that first episode, right? Like he was kind of like the ne'er do well hunter guy having, having a good time and scoping mm-hmm. out his brother's girlfriend. But yeah, now he's just got the, the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. Like you're fucking near automata or something. Yeah. Things have gotten a little bit dark. Um, and it's funny that he says he hasn't laughed that hard in years as he runs out of there with Castiel. Um, even though it's like the like most fake laughter I've ever heard Jensen do. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not particularly great laughter. <laughs> it does not feel genuine, and I don't know if that's supposed to be like if that's supposed to be the case. We're just so unfamiliar with the sound of D laughing that it seems fake. I don't know. It's it's very strange, but I love it. Like this this is great, mm-hmm. and um, they go back to. No, they go back to the hospital because now it's sunrise so they can do the ritual. They light this oil. Cast- Castiel like whispers some Enochian stuff into uh, Raphael's vessel's ears and then says, uh, I'm here, Cast- I'm here, Raphael. Come get me, you son of a bitch. Uh, Castiel using – and he's going to use little bitch in a little bit. But Castiel yeah. using this, this slang is <laughs> awful. I hate it's it. It's the worst. It's, it's so bad. I hate when he says, like, you're my little bitch now. Like, that is just, just not – oh. 
little bitch was the one thing that stuck out the most in this episode. It's like, ugh, stop it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Uh, but this doesn't work. Like, they, they hang out there for a while, and uh, after they light the oil, and the, the oil, like, looks appropriately cool and everything. Um, and then they just leave, and Dean's kind of saying in the car, like, well, that was a waste of my night. <laughs> like, what are we going <laughs> to do? And I guess, like, because they started out at sunrise, and when they drive back to this house, it's dark. So I guess they literally just stayed in this hospital room for, like, a day. <laughs> Like yeah, and just hung out with this guy. Um, but they go back, and of course, who's there waiting for them but Raphael? And another great angel intro, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so now we have this all-powerful archangel just uh, showing up, chilling out, being more badass than Castiel. Sorry, everybody. Uh, no, okay. Yeah. Let's, I mean, Castiel's These electric intro, are, are pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this guy's out here killing it. Um, immediately just letting Cass and Dean know that that he's he is bigger and badder than the other angels. Uh, Dean is in this scene, and he's kind of being dismissive of Raphael from the very beginning. And he's like, "Oh wow, like you could you busted all the lights out, like could go in." And, and Raphael responds in his real deep and gravelly mm-hmm. voice, uh, "You know, that's actually half the eastern seaboard." And I'm like, "My dude, that's not really something to brag about. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna put a lot. That's gonna mess up a lot of people's like days." That's right? not good. That was not a nice thing to do. Uh, people on life no. support, uh, people who who need urgent care, who need light for any reason, yeah, any um, reason at all. So I guess that you're just trying to fucking big dick swinging in here, Raphael. But you know you're ruining it for everybody. <laughs> I do love that uh, Dean's dismissive dismissiveness towards uh, Raphael from the very beginning. Um, like it's just it's he's just. And you can tell that he's scared. Like yeah. there's a scene where he turns around and goes to grab a beer and he opens it and like takes a swig and then it shows him shows Dean's face with his back turned to Raphael and he looks extremely concerned about what he's doing. Uh and it's but it's just so great. Like, every time Dean just fucks with these angels, I love it so much. Yeah. It's um it just goes to like it's it's Dean's bravado. It's his like laughing in the face of danger shit that like really shines through. Uh in this scene. Like he yeah, like I said, he's he's Dude's terrified. We all know it. I don't think that there's there's anything that can be hidden about that. But he does it anyway. He still gives this guy shit knowing... Well, like, I, I think Dean knows that he's invincible, kind of, to them. But as Raphael says, like, oh, hey, remember when Zachariah gave you stomach cancer? Like, you try to get fucked up again, my dude? <laughs> and of course, this whole thing is a trap because, you know, if you're a supernatural being... You will always get you know baited into walking towards <laughs> Dean Winchester, and he's yeah. going to have some sort of trap for you. Of um, and they, so they light this angel, and of course it traps him there. And uh, uh, there's some there's some real fun stuff that happens in this scene, like the back and forth between Raphael and Cass and and Dean is just a whole lot of fun because they want to find out where God is, and we get this like smash to commercial break mini cliffhanger where he says, "Don't you know, Cass? God is dead." Yeah, and then of course. It, for our coverage, we're just going to pick this up immediately and be like, I mean, he's probably dead. I mean, like, <laughs> it's literally the next scene. Sure. Why, why else would he let the 21st century happen? You know, the 20th, the 20th century was bad, and now this, like, it's not, it's not starting off great. So he must be dead. Um, but you know, so we, we're just everybody's just tired. Like, we're we're going to jumpstart this apocalypse and get the fuck out because he left us without a, a manual or really any kind of rules to mm. do to manage this this entire planet, and and we're done with it. And, yeah, they uh, they just want paradise. They don't want to deal with god's plan god's creations anymore because they don't think god is there and as it's been said many times he's either dead or he doesn't care and that's like Mm -hmm. which one is worse and and castell kind of is like well who brought me back then like it wasn't you guys like y'all killed me but i'm still here 
And if you kill me again, how do you know that he's not going to just bring me back again? Like, there is something at work here. Just because you can't see it, just because you might be on the wrong side of it, doesn't mean that it's not real. Yeah. But Dean just, you know, again, outwardly refuses to... He's not going with Raphael. Like, that's what that's what Raphael wants. He wants to the Michael sword. He wants Dean. He wants the vessel. Um, and as he said, we, he's threatened him before. He's saying, like, I'll do what Zach did to you. I'll make it even worse. But Dean's just like, no. Like, this is still not happy. He's still being defiant, Dean. And now I feel like he's, he's uh, encouraged by Castiel's resistance as well. Um, in, I think, the season premiere, Castiel was like, you know, I did all this for you, and you failed in your, in your mission. Um, but now they're sort of on the same team. He sees what Castiel is willing to risk. He sees kind of the confidence that Castiel has in him and in his ability to, like, get answers and get shit done. So I think that, that Dean is taking some strength from that and um, is able to stare down the Archangel because of that. Um, all I know is that the, the encounter ends. They're basically like, okay, you can't give us the info we want, whatever, but we're gonna, they're going to leave him there in the, uh, the circle of uh, Jerusalem holy oil. And what mm-hmm, is a, mm-hmm. I think Raphael says something like, you better not leave me here. Don't leave me in here. Like, you'll pay for this. Yeah. He threatens, he basically threatens like, hey, don't, don't leave me here because I, I will get out. And uh, I think Castiel responds something like, maybe you'll get out. But for right now, you're my little bitch, yeah. which is a line that I can't stand. Uh, there's also a part where, as Raphael is explaining that God has abandoned them, um, and Dean makes some sort of flippant remark. And he's like, careful, boy, that's my, that's my father you're talking about. And he's like, oh, good, more daddy issues. He yeah. didn't happen to work at the post office, did yeah. <laughs> 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 Just, <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's a great line. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, um, they, but they leave. They they get they, they just like leave this poor dude um, and this angel. Like just <laughs> he just can't leave. Yeah. I wonder how long Jerusalem holy oil lasts. <laughs> I wonder how much that. I think it's for. supposed to burn forever, but maybe like you know, if it like rains or something, it goes out. <laughs> the other the other important bit that we get out of this is because uh, Cass says, you know, if God can't be dead, because otherwise, who who would have raised me? And uh, Raphael says, "Have you ever considered that it could be Lucifer? Like he he oh, needs yeah, some more yeah, angels yeah. that that have uh you know that have rebelled." Uh, and you can see by the way Kaz like takes that information. He's like, "Oh no, I actually did not think about that, yeah. sir. My bad." Yeah. He's like, <laughs> "I don't uh, think that quite makes sense right now." But uh, I'm I, shake family. I, I'm shake family. <laughs> don't shake me, Lucifer. Yeah. Um, I I I, it, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Um. For right now, but I like that Raphael says it to fuck with, uh, to just to, like remove some faith, yeah. right? And even um, as a as a viewer, we have not seen Lucifer other than him appearing as uh, Nick's wife, and then as Nick, as Mark, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, like, what is it? What is his last name? What's that actor's name? Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. So sorry, fans. <laughs> We're bad at this. Um, but we haven't seen him like do anything other than convince somebody to to be his vessel. Uh. So we don't know that Lucifer, and if he can do that or not, if he can has that kind of power over other angels. So um, now I don't necessarily believe. I don't think I ever believed that Lucifer brought Castiel back. But I think it's a, it's a haunting enough kind of a suggestion that could definitely weigh on Cass a little bit. And it's something. Uh, let's go ahead and finish out the Cas mm-hmm. and Dean stuff in this episode, and then we'll switch back over to, to Sam just for the sake of easiness. Um, but. In the, in the Apollo later after they leave, you, you can tell that Kaz is, is is upset about this. And it's interesting because Dean is the one to say, like, you know, hey, I've been there. Like, I've had father – I've had daddy issues too. Uh, when I was searching for my dad, there were many times that I should have given it up and 
that everybody was telling me he was dead and I didn't, I, I had faith. So Kaz, you need to choose. Like you, you have to believe. Do you believe that he's out there? And Cass is like, yes, I do. And it's interesting to me that this happens because this is Dean Winchester who we have seen have so little faith in anything. And the little faith that he had that good stuff would happen was completely broken at the end of season four when he realized that the angels were setting Sam up to take this fall for mm-hmm. the demons to start the apocalypse. You know, helping Kaz like have faith in the literal God. <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's that's a fascinating thing, and like you can, they're, they're not saying that like because they're using you know father stuff like father language, but that's what is happening. He's helping Kaz find his faith, which is and not something you would ever expect out of Dean. No, not from Dean Winchester, not at all. And it's it's something that's that's fascinating, and it shows the bond between these two in in a, in a, in a way that. Um, Again, we, we we joke a lot about Destiel on this show, and even without that, like they just they're developing the bond between these two characters. I've said it before. I think this this pairing might be stronger than the actual Sam and Dean pairing. To be mm-hmm. to be honest with you, like I, I like these two on the screens more a lot of the times, um, and it's just because it's the dynamic is so interesting. Like you have this angel who is rebelling against heaven, but also believes in God, and Dean being there for that and having similar issues and things is is really really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Cass says, you know, like, what about you, though, Dean? Like, how are, what's going on with you, man? <laughs> Which is nice. Thank what's going you, on with that uh, big old noggin of yours? And uh, Dean is surprised, but he says, like, I'm, I'm good. Like, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Like, I've had more fun with you this week than I've had in the last four or five years. And it's, you know, you're not that much fun. Uh, and, <laughs> I, I, you know, he, and Cass is like, even without your brother? And he's like, especially without Sam. Like, I don't have to, you know, I'm, I feel freed not having to deal with all of my res- family responsibilities, not having to look after him or, or look, you know, look out for him. I, you know, I've, I've been so worried and tied up with him that now that I don't have to do this, it's just, it's just freeing. And he says, you know, I've, you know, always thought that I never wanted to be alone, but now that I'm alone, I'm happy. And he looks over and Cass has just left, <laughs> which makes me think <laughs> a serious dick move, Cass. <laughs> Is he like I don't know if that's just Cass being like, all right, well, don't care, I'm leaving, or like maybe I need to make you see that you don't like being alone, or just like, oh, you like being alone, okay, bye. Yeah, it's it really feels like Cass taking that completely literally. Like he takes most things at mm-hmm. this point, right? Like, oh, you want to be al- that means you want to be alone now. I will see you later, bye. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a far fall for Dean from season two where he sold his soul to the devil. Uh, to bring Sam back to life. And now he's like, yeah, man, I'm better off without any of those people. <laughs> I mean, if you went so far as to sell your soul to the fucking devil, then you, you would probably... <laughs> it feels like you're all in at that point, but like, I guess, Dean, whatever you say, man. <laughs> um, going back over to Sam's plotline, the, the hunters have come back that went out to chase the demons, or actually just one of them have, the, the kind of leader hunter guy. And, uh... Basically, he wants he has he, he Sam has some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they got jumped by a bunch of demons. One of the hunters died, and uh, when they were managed to escape, and they managed to get some information out of one demon, and the demon said that you know Sam kickstarted the apocalypse basically, yeah. and Sam refuses to to acknowledge this or talk about it uh, until the second hunter comes in with Lindsay and has a knife to her throat. Uh, because Chris, I don't know if you know this or not, hunters are not nice people. No, no, <laughs> they sometimes They're like extremely mean people looking back at all the shitty stuff that sam winchester did like that's kind of par for the course for hunters like that's not that weird like when he drained that girl and drank all of her blood like that yep. seems, mm-hmm. seems mm-hmm. like something a hunter would do when he drained that girl kill, killing her in the process to literally start the apocalypse yeah let's <laughs> yeah um but these ain't these these 
angels, these hunters are are pissed off because they said that they they've learned that Sam had these demon blood powers, and that um, he could be stopping this, but he's he's sitting out. In fact, it, he started yeah. all of this. And it's funny because I when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh yeah, they're pissed that they think he's some sort of a freak, like the way that uh, Gordon was treating him back in seasons two and three. Like, oh, you're you know a psychic monster, you need to be killed. But they're pissed for like the opposite reason. Like, yo, you have these fucking psychic powers, and you're not using them to help us. Like, you're just like you're exactly. calling it quits because like you feel bad about like the bad thing you did, rather than trying to make it right. Like, fuck off, dude. And they want he they want him to, as he says, like Hulk out and go kill all the demons that killed their friend. Yeah, he they actually brought demon blood to this little party. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like. The very first thing that happens when they come in with Lindsay is that Sam convinces them to set the knife down. So Lindsay's not like in any immediate danger at this point, um, which is nice. Like as shitty as hunters are, like at least they're not actively threatening to end this chick's life. <laughs> yeah. Um, this scene reminds me a lot of the scene with the uh, siren uh, from last season. Yeah. Or maybe it was the season before last where the siren turns both of the boys against one another and uh, sits back and just hears like all of this crazy ass demon angel drama that he probably had <laughs> not been expecting. Right. We, we, we talked about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this has to be the same thing for Lindsay where like, cause they make him say it. They, they force Sam to say, I started the apocalypse and they, she has to be going like, what in the fuck is up yeah. with this dude? What are these nerds talking about? Is this a D and D thing? <laughs> it's just like, a, are they LARPing right now? <laughs> I mean, nobody wears that much flannel or plaid, but, so I just, but I just assumed it was a style, not a LARP. Uh, uh, God, and those hunters are wearing so much plaid and fucking denim and flannel. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, like <laughs> Sam just, has just been in a t-shirt, suggesting that he's in a warm area. Um, yeah, but those hunters, they gotta stay true to their uniform. Oof, oh boy. Uh, but they have brought some demon blood with them, and they want to—they want Sam to take it, and then they want to bring Sam back to the demon so they can get their revenge for their for, their, for the hunter that died. And uh, so a fight starts, and they eventually get Sam on the ground and hold him down and pour this stuff in his mouth. I guess like he can taste it, but as long as he doesn't swallow it, it doesn't count because he just like spits it back in their faces and then proceeds to beat the shit out of them. Yeah, I only don't know if it's supposed to be from- like even if he did consume some of it. I don't. I think. The spitting out isn't supposed to be just like, look, I didn't drink it. Like, I kept it in my mouth and didn't swallow it. It's like him spitting it out being like, fuck this shit. Like, for the audience saying, like, he he didn't have the craving. Like, it was in his mouth and he didn't he didn't drink it, you know? Like, that's how mm-hmm. I take it. It's not, not just as defiance to them, but, like, um, defiance against it itself. By You know, it's right there. It's on the tip of his tongue, literally. But he still is able to to push past it. Like maybe Sam really did learn his lesson. Maybe he really is over this. Yeah. Yeah. He spits it out and this, then he uh, he does some karate on these guys. Yeah. He he. There's some really bad <laughs> fight choreography mm-hmm. here. <laughs> like there's just like every single punch or kick that Sam lands is obviously very far away from these people. And I don't care. I don't watch the show because it's the fucking raid, no. right? Like I'm not I'm not here for that. But it's just it's a little goofy in this scene. They they get better with the uh, the. The fight stuff. We called it out too. Like when the uh, the first time we see Misha Collins, mm-hmm. like try to kill somebody on screen, like it's obvious that he has not been really well trained no. at that point. Uh, it's funny um, though because like like Dean is like he's like a hunky dude. He seems like a tough guy. A lot of these these hunters seem like tough guys. Sam might be the only one who's like legitimately buff. Like <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. in good shape. He's a large dude. Uh, yeah. Seems like he could actually kick some ass. Like everybody else is like, well, yeah, that guy. You know, he's like a like a drunk, but like he's pretty tough. Um, he's the only one who seems like he's in, like, fighting shape. That's just me. 
No, I, I totally agree with you. Like Dean seems hunky, but he doesn't seem like I have trained for years prefer this moment type of <laughs> type of martial artist, yeah, right? Like yeah, he doesn't yeah. seem like he's ready to throw down on some jiu-jitsu or anything. Sam definitely seems like he is training every day of his life to kill the the, the people that took away his family. Like, with he seems karate. like he's a bad man. <laughs> with with karate, yeah. Um he's got a black belt. Yeah. Um he he basically chases these dudes off. At, at one point he holds the the leader hunter down and uh holds a knife up to him and kind of sees Lindsay still cuffed to the to the bar and like kind of stops and is like get the hell out of here and i really like this line where they're like don't think we won't come back and he's like don't think i still won't be here like bring it motherfucker yeah. like that's that's a really good line yeah, that was pretty good. um but he's not he totally and then leaves. he just <laughs> yeah then he just leaves like it was a good line but like it wasn't true and we're getting we're getting uh kind of hard up on time in the rest of this episode so we don't have anything following up with Lindsay. like he just must walk out the door and she's like that was really weird she's like hey Guess wait he's just like, bus boy. <laughs> he just he steals her car and then leaves <laughs> yes <laughs> fucking sam winchester uh i'm at a hunk and he stole my car <laughs> the story of Lindsay. <laughs> a hunk named Keith. um but the next scene that we see with with sam is he's he's back in his bed or i guess this may be one week later or yeah, they, they fool me with this one week early thing. I, I don't, I don't quite understand it. It doesn't matter. He's back in bed, and and Jessica shows up, and um, they kind of go back and forth. And he says, you know, actually, people can change, and and there's, you know, there's reason to hope. There, there's there's reason to hope. That's the word I was looking for. And then and, uh, Jess turns into fucking Lucifer and just says, "No, Sam, there isn't." Just shutting down everything that he just learned in the in the last forty five minutes. Um, it's so good. <laughs> I love it, this. It and then, really like, good. does the weird melty face thing to Mark Pellegrino. That's the name that we yes, were looking for yes, earlier, yes. right? Um, um, it's creepy. Yeah, it's turns creepy in, as hell. Just it's super creepy. Doing the same, like, intimacy thing that he did with Nick. He, like, he's transformed into Jess and is lying in bed with Sam. And then, like, the intimate closeness of, like, his, you know, his dead lover, I guess. Uh, you know, his dead girlfriend, like he's just right there next to him, like whispering in his ear, saying these things like earlier it was saying like, you've always been a freak and you know it. Um, I was dead the moment you met me and now coming and saying like, you can't ever change that, but you know, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And you know, appears as, as Lucifer. Then Lucifer says he can't find Sam. He will find him, but he can't right now. So he can only come to him like in his dreams, I guess, or as this vision. Mm -hmm. Um, and once again, the delivery of everything, like, um, which is weird. We should talk about the fact that, you know, Lucifer has a vessel, but it's not the vessel. It's like a temporary one. Um, it'll get, you know, it'll get him around, but it's not the one that he needs for, like, the final battle. Yeah, he says he can barely stay inside Nick without him uh, spontaneously combusting. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just, it's not, it's a, it's a stopgap solution, basically. Yeah. Which is interesting, because... As we know from our episode with Jimmy Neutron, uh, like the young little girl Neutron could also hold Castiel. So it's obviously hereditary, yeah. right? And it's interesting to me that there would be just be like bloodlines that can contain that can that could be vessels, and some of them are not as good as the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> like it just seems like a it seems like a weird thing, but I, it's fine. Like I'm into it. Like I, I don't I think it's bad. I just think it's kind of weird, and it's good. Like this gives um this kind of starts a clock for us. Yeah, uh, and so now we know that there that Lucifer has to get. Sam to agree to allow him to be his vessel. vessel and yeah, this is, this is actually way more of a big happen. deal than I was realizing because, like, 
I mean, obviously it's a big deal, but I've just known it for so long. This is a huge reveal. And I don't know. Yes. I can't remember how much I would have seen it coming beforehand. I think I thought that it was going to be Dean's battle with the angels and then Sam's redemption through, like, you know, trying to support him and, like, not becoming the Michael Sword, like, that whole thing. I thought that that's what this season was going to be about. I don't know if I really thought that, well, Lucifer is going to try to possess Sam. Um, But this, you know, this scene even is interesting because he says, he comes to Sam, and this is the first time that anybody's seen Lucifer since the apocalypse. Like, nobody's actually seen the dude yet, as far as I'm aware. Um, And he says he wants to give Sam a gift, and that's, you know, before he realizes, uh, I want to, you're the vessel. But it's such a creepy, weird way to go about it. And again, you know, he says, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to try and trick you, like, let's Let's just do this thing, big boy. Yeah, he says, I want, I want to give you... I want to give you something special. I want to give you everything. And then you know, it says, like, you're the vessel. It has to be you. It always had to be you. The exact same thing that Ruby said at the end of season four. Verbatim. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I, at this point, when I was watching the show for the first time, I really... I kind of assumed that Dean would be the vessel. Because um, I just... Because if one archangel right can can use Dean, then I assumed that any archangel could could oh, use okay. Dean. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't that didn't really pay out with Raphael so much, but I assumed that um, Raphael wouldn't be able to use Dean because he, Dean is already saying no all over the place. Mm-hmm. So like he, Raphael wouldn't be able to do anything with Dean. So I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, the, looking back, it doesn't make sense. This was a big shock for me. I was like, holy shit! And I, I love the dynamic it sets up as. You know, Dean being on the side of angels and Sam definitely being on the side of demons. Like they're they're taking those metaphors even further than they had in the past. And when when Lucifer quotes the same thing that Ruby said, like it always had to be you, Sammy. Um, you know, because you're special. Whatever it is, uh, you can see him just like breaking down after this whole episode of being like, "There's always a reason to hope." You know, I can make good on everything. Like, there's there's a way to come back. You you can be forgiven. And then Lucifer being like, "No, no, no." This is destiny. This is fate. This is what you're supposed to be. Uh, and Sam is very susceptible to that kind of thing. And he's really afraid of it. And this is like the very last thing that he wants or needs to hear right now. Is that like, you're special. The, your whole existence has been to be the vessel for Lucifer. Like that's what everything you are has been leading up to. Um, it always had to be you. That's why you let me out. That's why, you know, yellow eyes bled into your mouth when you were a baby. Like, we're all here for that reason. And uh, mm-hmm. homeboy, homeboy's not too happy to hear that. No, and he, he immediately says, you know, I have to give you consent. Like, you have to say yes. And Lucifer says, you know, I, that's that's going to happen. <laughs> like, you're going, you're going to say yes to me. And he says, oh, I'll, I'll just kill myself before I let that happen. And just the casual way that Lucifer says, well, I'll just bring you back, Sam. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to be a problem for me either. <laughs> just like, and just realizing that you're going to be hunted by this by the literal devil for the rest of your life um, until like something bad happens or you say yes. And even worse stuff happens is it's pretty bad. Yeah. And we've, you know, we know that Sam gave in to the psychic powers. We know that Dean in hell gave in to the, uh, the torturing thing. Like he got off the rack and put Mm -hmm. others up on it. But even with those two things, it's still hard to imagine a reality where Sam says yes to Lucifer. Like, as a viewer of the show, you gotta think, like, well, they're, they're not, like, no way. Like, they're not, that's not gonna happen. Like, they, these boys are gonna be able to fight this shit off, right? Like, but. Yeah, especially if Dean is saying no mm-hmm. to Michael, 
if Sam says no to Lucifer, then that, that makes, if they can both do that together. And that's, what's so sad about this too. Um, especially at the end of the episode where the boys aren't together, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they've, you know, they're, they've gone different directions and now they're both having to face these, these things and they can't really handle it with one another without one another, I should say. And it's the idea of Sam being on his own and constantly, on the run from Satan himself is you just know that's not going to work out well. Yeah, like no. <laughs> you know that without, without some sort of friendship without Dean and Bobby, like Sam is going to eventually get corrupted because he's just, that's just what it is. He's, he's not secure in, uh, enough in himself to be able to hold the Satan, to hold Lucifer off for a long time without the support of his friends and family. Um, what a fucking great episode and what a huge bombshell on the, on the mythos. Like the fact that they're setting up these, these dueling kind of ideas, there's just so much fun to me. Like this, all of this stuff is, is super good. It's rare that you have an episode that it can be incredibly funny and incredibly meaningful at the same time. And they definitely pulled it off with this one. Like having all of the fun Kaz moments lead up to Kaz and Dean bonding over an absent father and what it means to have faith in that father. that it, It's still out there. Even though people are telling you that he's not. And then having all of the Sam stuff, which is kind of goofy when it's coming up first, like, Oh, like he's washing dishes and carrying dirty dishes and washing the bar or whatever lead up to he's the vessel for Satan. That that's kind of interesting. It's kind of a, it's no mean feat is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. And they deliver that message. I think, you know, with, with Jess being there, it's like that extra kind of weight to the revelation. And, and anytime they bring her back, which I don't know if they, spoilers, I don't know if they do ever again. I can't really recall a time that she shows up again. I could be wrong, though. I'm just not remembering. Um, but bringing her back, like that character specifically, to deliver this message just makes it... I, I feel like it also helps to, to tie everything back in. Um, a lot of times, Supernatural feels like it doesn't want to refer back too far to, like, you know, to season one, like, events of season one or anything like that, or season two, even. Like, all of that stuff, it's like, it's in the past, and I get it. You're watching a TV show. You don't want to relive old episodes all the time. Um... But whenever they do callbacks like that, I, I always really appreciate it. And uh, I don't know, like, you know, bringing back Sam's dead girlfriend is what you call a callback. But, like, you know, using that <laughs> as, as a weapon against him, and it's it's something that we haven't really seen since season one. Uh, you know, he had, like, visions about her, dreams about her that kind of, like, haunted him. This is, uh, they're going for it with this. She's not credited on any other episodes, so. Okay. I don't think she shows back up again, but who knows? And, and, you know, season 12, season 13 is coming. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows? She could show up as, you know, Velma on the Scooby-Doo bits. We just, <laughs> we just don't know what's going to happen. We just don't have any idea. Um, I do, since, since we're wrapping up, I do have a bit of trivia to read to you oh. from the uh, Supernatural fan wiki. Are you, are you curious about some, some I'm trivia? very curious for trivia. Uh, the very first trivia item is, <clears throat> Dean asked Castiel, you were wasted by a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? This is a reference to the character Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. Stop it! So, thank you for that's in the that's in the wiki. Like I'm just I'm reading oh. you some. Oh. Uh, the second, would you like to? You want to hear some more I, trivia? Yes, yeah, I would. When killing a vampire, Dean says, "Eat it, Twilight." An obvious reference to the <laughs> Twilight Saga. Wow! I mm-hmm, never would have mm-hmm. known. Um. I'm going to read this one just because I find it interesting. Uh, the Waterville deputy sarcastically calls Dean Kolchak after he asked if Donnie Finnerman disappeared into thin air. That's the, we didn't call him out by name. That's Raphael's vessel. Uh, Kojak, the night stalker was a single season seventies American television series in which the eponymous character was an intrepid reporter who investigates supernatural cases in a quote monster of the week format. Sounds like our kind of thing. 
Sounds kind of like our thing. I'm going to have to go try to look that up. <clears throat> I'm sure it's very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a single season season of the... <laughs> um, oh, yes. This looks like it actually might be my thing. I might try to find this. Anyway, uh, that's going to call it, call it for this episode. you want to move into the next one? Let's do it. Our next episode is The End, written by Ben Edlund and directed by Steve Boyum. Air date is October 1st, 2009. Dean travels five years into the future and is attacked by zombies who were turned into monsters after being infected with a demonic virus. Sam and Dean soon learn that the virus is Satan's tool to destroy mankind. Sam is there too? (laughs) I guess Sam showed up. I feel like he doesn't learn that. He gets there five years later, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, I mean, Sam I'm, definitely I'm, does not learn this. Eventually, um, but like not in this episode. <laughs> our, uh, our previously on, our, our then segment, basically reintroduces to us to Croatoan and the cult mm-hmm. and kind of catches us up with what's been happening. And then we immediately get dropped into now with uh, Dean kind of going into a hotel room and getting somewhat accosted by a like uh, preacher guy. Oh, yeah. Um asking him if he's heard the word of the Lord or something like that. And he's like, yeah, too, yeah. a little bit too much. Ha- have you been thinking about what your soul is going to do? And he's like, way too much, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, well, you're barking up the wrong tree, my man. Um, uh, we get we get some more funny Castiel stuff because they're talking to each one another on the phone. And uh, Castiel is like, hey, we need to go find the cult because the demons have it. Yeah. And like, we need to go get it. He's like, oh, and- do you guys remember that gun that you had like a couple seasons ago yeah. that could kill <laughs> that anything? Could sh- that could kill anything. <laughs> Like, do you guys remember that? Because I feel like you should have it still. No, you don't. Okay, let's get it, please. Let's go get it. Um, and he wants to go like immediately. He's like, "Tell me where you are, and I'll come get you." And uh, Dean's like, "Come on, dude. I got. I got to have like some sleep. I just, I just, you know, drove for sixteen hours or whatever." And Dean is like, "Dean, excuse me, Castiel's like, Dean, this is very serious. The voice on the uh, the voice on the phone is telling me that I'm almost out of minutes. <laughs> I just think that's uh, an a angel really good talking line. on a cell phone." Yeah, and even Dean calls it out. It's like it's kind of funny talking to an angel on a cell phone. So yeah, Dean finally convinces Cass to like let him sleep, and uh, he, so he goes to sleep. And then the phone rings, and of course he he answers it angry at Cass. But no, it's not Cass. It is uh, Sam. And it's four o'clock in the morning. Sam says, "Yeah, this is important. We have to talk." So Dean just gets a beer and sits down to talk to his brother on the phone at four o'clock in the morning. And this is where I'm thankfully Sam just tells him the goddamn truth about the situation. Unbelievable! Like I like I remember the first time I watched this when I saw the saw this conversation happen, and I'm like, I cannot believe! I really expected them to draw this out till a season finale when Dean would find out the truth, right? But no, he just calls him and tells him on the phone, like, "Yep, I'm the vessel of Lucifer." So uh, I imagine like this was like yeah. right after he found out too, because it's in the middle of the night. It's in the middle of the night, right? Like this happened directly after the events of the at the end of the last episode. This is so the I'm, most responsible like, thing that Sam Winchester's ever done. Ever, including go to Smanford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sam wants to be back in. He's like, you know, I, I 
I've changed my mind. I, I'm in this now. There's no way that I can ignore this. I can't just run out of my own. I, I want back in. And uh, Dean basically just says no. Like we're not stronger when we're together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're what, they take whatever we have our you know our our family duty, our our love for one another, whatever it is. They're going to take it and they're going to use it against us. You know, we're we're not stronger when we're together. We're we're, we're weaker. This which is I the think same is same line that that John Winchester was pulling in season one. Yeah, man. It's it's some serious John Winchester shit. I didn't think about that. Man, fuck, Dean, what are you doing? It's so funny every time, especially doing this podcast, realizing how many times the boys echo almost exact things that he said. You know, we had a mm-hmm. lot of that with Sam um, in the last season. And we had a lot of uh, of Dean calling him out on it, too. Being like, wow, you're just a lot like, Dad, take that as a compliment if you want. But, like, I don't mean it as one. Um, there was a lot of that kind of angst back and forth. Dad angst. Um, but now it's Dean pretty much just verbatim quoting him saying, you know, we can't fight together because they're just going to use it against us. Just an excuse to keep the family away. Uh, and I find this extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, again, just thinking about the events at the end of the last episode of Sam reaching out and saying, Hey, I was wrong. Can we, can we do this thing together? And Dean's just saying, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that. Like I've, I've, I've found a new partner. His name is Castiel. It's, he can teleport. It's hard to hear. And I think I used to always be like really pissed at this for happening in the show. Like why just let, let my hunks get back together, please. Um, but it makes sense. It does make sense for Dean. You know, he's always so willing to pull back and, and forgive. And like, he'd rather not deal with the bullshit most of the time because, um, he just wants everything to be normal. Like I, he wants to put that shit aside so that he can have his idyllic version of what they are. But now mm-hmm. it's like he's just too fed up. He's he's always been fed up, <laughs> but now it's like one step further where he can't even just. He can't, I don't even think he could fake it if he wanted to. He, he's always been fed up, um, but he was also fed up because he had he knew that he had to do the thing mm-hmm. now he feels like he's just fed up and to the point where he never he's just not even going to bother doing the thing anymore like whatever he doesn't feel honor bound to to hang out with sam he doesn't feel that family duty anymore <laughs> honor, so, bound. honor bound yeah it's a weird way to express that he's like, oh man i really don't want to go out tonight but i'm honor bound honor to, bound to hang out with my friends <laughs> um so yeah dean basically at this point hangs up on Sam. Right. And he's like, you know, I, we're, we're stronger when we're apart. Click. Uh, and then just lays back and goes back to sleep. Like poor Sam. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as you heard in the description, like we're going to ha- take a little time journey. He wakes up and he's just on a naked box spring and he looks out the window and it's just destruction everywhere. Uh, I don't, did you catch this thing on the movie theater, by the way? No, what does it say? Uh, on the like the what do they call it the marquee mm-hmm. it says uh, now showing route six 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 oh of course <laughs> so apparently in the worst possible future they're showing the racist truck episode at the movie theater so, <laughs> it got made into a movie <laughs> it got made into a whole remember it is a movie because I think in that uh, in the Hollywood episode we see a, like a poster for it right? oh yeah 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 <laughs> I just like no matter what no matter what happens the racist truck episode is just the franchise the racist truck franchise yes yeah. the racist truck <laughs> cinematic universe. <laughs> the RMs, the RTCU. Yep, I love it. <laughs> oh man, I bet there's a racist truck board game now. Yeah, for sure. a racist, a racist truck figurines. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dean wanders out, and um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we didn't get you know, a license, any licensed music for this scene. But they they keep it kind of. Uh, light mm-hmm. from the music standpoint. Um, but yeah, he's just wandering around basically like this d- destroyed city comes across a little girl and, uh, 
as he's trying to like talk to the little girl, she lashes out at him. And uh, I thought this was going to be set up for a thing because I thought she cut him because he kind of like is like, oh shit, my side. Mm-hmm. So when it's when we find out that it's like Croatoan virus everywhere, I kind of assumed that he would be infected somehow. But he's not. He's not. <laughs> so, and they never really deal with it again. Not like, a thing. There's one other scene where he's like, Al my side or whatever, and then like never, they never talk about it. It's just, it's just a weird detail to put in. Yeah. So. Is that the plot hole, maybe? Is that the plot hole that we were tipped off to? Who knows? That must be that must be the plot hole, actually. So uh, shouts to Or Some Say Cosm on Twitter for sending us a DM and saying that one of these episodes had a plot hole, but neither one of us could uh, figure out which one it was. Maybe that was it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, hopefully that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he sees like some Croato and graffiti or whatever, and uh, a bunch of zombies start chasing him. And then I find the scene really, really strange, where he kind of runs into a dead end, um, like it's a fenced-off area, and then... The like the fucking Marines show up. Yeah, basically. I don't know who these guys are, but they are like they're the. I mean, they're, yeah, the United States Marines. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they just they they are you know they're riding in like a fucking personnel tank <laughs> and they just pile out with automatic machine guns and start wasting these fools uh, and then flip on some like nice and fifties music. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the song now, but yeah, totally just hey, sure, why not? <laughs> and I mean, maybe even that is that you could say that that that's the government like that's what they are doing now because this whole world is fucked and like that's the role of the government um or the military uh, i don't know i don't know if that was supposed to be like dean's crew or something but because of the the, the the firepower i feel like it's not um but yeah that's some like 28 days later shit that's what, what i always thought of with that yeah absolutely um he runs away and uh basically he, he gets away from the because the the they are military force it thinks he's a like he's they're shooting at him too like there's no way that he's like safe or anything um I, he gets away and just goes to bobby's house which is probably a pretty good idea mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um but along the way he discovers that he has been thrown into the future by five years he yeah. discovers that it is the far-flung future of 2014 and uh like he was in a, a contained a contaminated area like the whole area was fenced off because of the croatoan virus yeah um Somewhere around here, Zach shows up. Uh, I don't think Dean is oh, yeah, surprised he's, he, at all. <laughs> yeah, he steals a car and is on, making his way to Bobby's, and that's that's when Zach shows up in the car. And I like some of the stuff we get here with like President Palin, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. President Sarah Palin yeah. uh, defends the bombing of Houston. Which that's a, that's bad news. And like the Croatoan virus finally hit Australia. Which sorry, or some say Cosm, yeah. like you're, you're dead now. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I just I, I love all of that like uh, fake his, future history kind of bullshit. Like that stuff really works for me for whatever reason. Fake hu- future history based on two thousand nine. Based on two thousand nine, yeah. Um, but he he tells Dean that he's going to have to live this for three days to yep. just like really see. It's just another angel trick. Like before, when they wanted Dean to work for them i guess they didn't they hadn't called them a vessel quite yet back in season four but they have the it's a horrible life episode where they work office jobs it's Mm -hmm. like we're going to uh, have an allegory and teach you a lesson about a thing Uh, and and after you see what it could really be you're gonna want to do what we say and it didn't work then Uh, but they're like stepping it up a notch now and being like look if you don't join up with us if you don't say yes to michael then lucifer and this croatoan virus are just gonna run shit on this planet and everything is going to be fucked. So, you know, if you're fine with that, then then, then take a look at, at what this reality would be like. He, he also explains that um, they, 
uh, Bible thumper outside his hotel is is who turned him over mm-hmm, to the angels. Mm-hmm. So that because he's now invisible to angels and demons because his ribs are all fucked up. Um, <laughs> the only way you can describe that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that they've had to reach out to. Um, he, he says he's really really dismissive. They're like of the, some fringe uh, Christian yeah, some fringe groups, groups or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they they go out of their way to like be shitty to these Christian people <laughs> for a little while, which is just it goes to show you like angels are seriously dicks, yeah. even to the people that are like. Do whatever they say. So, uh, and I just so, yeah, scrolling back through my notes, noticed that um, Dean says uh, Lucifer wants to wear you to the prom to Sam, and that is almost exclusively yeah. the only way that they refer to this from now on. <laughs> they say, "Yep, he wants to wear you to the prom." So many goddamn times. It's a little weird, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a pretty um, funny way of saying it, but like they say it so much. Uh, and I also just happened yeah. to notice that for once, w- when Sam calls Dean. Um, the one thing that separates it from their usual conversations, despite the fact that he's not lying, is that he says he doesn't want revenge. He wants <laughs> he wants redemption, Sorry. which is a very uh, it's important for Sam, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, that is yes, absolutely. Okay, now back to the future. Back to the future. Uh, Dean makes his way over to Bobby's house and finds a empty wheelchair with bullet holes and blood all over it, implying that Bobby's dead. Uh-uh. Uh, Bobby never shows up in this episode, but they don't ever confirm his death either. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they, but I think this pretty much does it. Uh, however, squirreled away in a secret containment fire, fireplace or something is dad's diary. Mm-hmm. So um, he looks at that and finds this extremely photoshopped picture of Bobby and Kaz, both with guns. Uh, Bobby having an expression on his face that kind of makes me think that they took this picture from the Deadwood series. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and then like two total strangers and they're on like camp. Chickawa, I think. Yeah, that sounds and so, vaguely right. Yeah, yeah. And so Dean decides, like, oh, hey, I'm going to go check out this camp because maybe that's where Bobby is. Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, he gets there in the next scene, <laughs> yeah. and he finds he finds Baby. Yeah. Chris, have we talked on air about how much I hate the fact that they call th- that this car has a name and it is a baby? Yeah, I think we may have mentioned it before, and I know it's very uh, – it's it's a beloved term in, in the fandom, so we have to watch what we say here. But I also think it sucks. So, yes. I just like it has its it has its own Twitter page, mm-hmm. which I'm not really into that. <laughs> and the, the name of their Twitter handle, handle is literally SPN Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, know I don't people, know why I hate that, but I do. I I, I kind of just don't like it. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I love the Impala. Oh, same. I love the, I love Dean's I, relationship with the Impala. As well, I, I love just, Dean's relationship with the with the Impala. Just I think hate that's the great. nickname. Just hate the nickname. I just don't like like I could. I would, I'm I'm totally fine with him calling the Impala baby as like a term of endearment, mm-hmm. like oh that's my baby or baby come on you can't do this to me or whatever. But when you actually start like capitalizing the word baby, I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, rant over. I guess <laughs> I'll uh I'll, I'll link the 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 fucking Twitter page on into the episode in case anybody wants to go follow a car on Twitter, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, so he finds the Impala and it's all run down to shit. Like it's obviously been abandoned. It's broken up and he's very, very torn up about it. Uh, but not for long because future Dean comes and whacks him across the head and knocks him out. Yeah. And from here on out, our notes refer to future Dean and past Dean. So we can make, have some yeah. clarification yeah, yeah, yeah. on this, which leads to some ridiculous sentences, but you know, we'll, we'll do it. Future Dean has, um, um, has past Dean chained up, right? 
yeah, he's he's cuffed to a I don't know something that he can't move or whatever, and uh, and he has done all of the the requisite tests. Like he's confirmed with silver and water uh, or silver, holy water, and salt that he is not a, a demon or other kind of supernatural creature. So, mm-hmm. you know, future Dean is extremely uh, like he's like well, you know who are you. You know, how did you get here? And Dean just says, or past Dean says, Zachariah. And he's like, well, where is he? I want to talk to him. Like, get him over here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely interested in talking to Zachariah, which is kind of an, a, puts a warning bell in my head because yeah. uh, past Dean is definitely not interested in talking to Zachariah. <laughs> no, that's ever. the last thing he wants to do. But future Dean seems like that is like all he wants to do. I guess it's this point where we find out that Dean has a little bit of a panty fetish. Yeah. Which, he's like, hey, prove to me that you're me from the past, like you say you mm-hmm. are, like, tell me something that only I would know. And he brings up a, a story about, um, some woman who asked Dean to try on her panties, uh, during a, uh, sexual encounter. Uh, and he kind of liked it. Yep. He said they were red and they were silky. And you know what? We kind of liked it. Uh, so that confirms the identity. And then, um, you know, there's some back and forth. We find out that Sam, um, Future Dean kind of implies that Sam is dead. There was a big showdown in Detroit, and he didn't make it. Uh, and then, but that they haven't they haven't spoken to one another in five years, mm-hmm. um, which is you know about the same amount of time as Dean literally just hanging up the, on on Sam. Yeah, so hmm, it's kinda, I wonder if that's going to mean anything. Kind of suggesting that's you know that was the last time that they were going to speak. Um, yeah, this this but, future reality just gets like darker and darker by the second. I do. Um, I'll say for the entire episode that uh, the way that they, a lot of this doppelganger stuff can get real bad. Like if you have two actors talking mm-hmm. to themselves, basically, I feel like the show handles it extremely well. Um, apparently, they used like one of his one of Jensen Ackles' uh, stunt doubles to do most of the shots, yeah. and I, I just I find that they it was just executed well. Like it does it doesn't ever take me out to see the out of the out of the show to have these two people talking to yeah. one another. They're never really on screen together at the same time, which I think helps. But you do feel like well, they're, they're next to each other. Like their faces are never on screen talking to each other, as far as I'm aware. There's one scene where, where they are, where okay. they're on each side of a table or whatever, where they're kind of yelling at each other back and forth. But it, it still works. Like yeah. it's. Uh, but you're right. Like the way that they block the shots to, so that you know they can obviously only having one side of a conversation at one time is is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but future Dean has a mission to go on, so he just leaves uh, past Dean there, um, and you know has obviously taken all of his lock picks and switchblades or whatever. Uh, but past Dean is an extremely resourceful dude digs up a nail out of the floor with his fingernails and then uses that to pick the lock on the cuffs. Yeah, that's, so that's some pretty good shit right there. That's, that's some fucking Dean Winchester. You can't keep me down yeah. <laughs> shit right there. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. This is like, it kind of parallels what he does in episode one of the show when he's just handcuffed in the police station and he, uh, he uses a paperclip from, from Dad's diary to uh, to get himself out. That's true. I don't I, think we've seen him that. really do anything like that since. I mean, like they're always picking locks and like getting out of binds and stuff. But like, it just it specifically reminded me of that. We, we didn't mention it, but um, well, they do show him actually hot wiring a car too at the beginning of this, where he finds a car oh, and like, yeah. cuts the wires and everything. So this is a really good episode for you know resourceful Dean. I think. Also, remember um, how in, in season one when they didn't have Dad's journal, like. The cops had it. Like that's how they get it. <laughs> that's so weird. Like wait, You're right. wait, hold on. Like they didn't hold up. <laughs> Excuse me. And it had coordinates in it. Like the cops will give the- this to my sons because they will get arrested. Like what the fuck? All right. Sorry. 
That's all right. That's all right. Um, so Pasadine walks out and immediately runs into Chuck. And uh, Chuck, we know as the, you know, as a prophet of the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> number one, he's a literal prophet of the Lord. Uh, but now he seems to have been demoted to just uh, like a resource manager yeah. because he's worried that they're not going to have enough toilet paper or canned goods. Um, and I think I think it's explained at this point, or it was explained earlier that you know they're in this camp, and this camp is you know pretty much one of the few you know independent camps left right like they've got a group of people there yeah um during this conversation this woman Riza shows up and is mad at dean or past dean because future dean spent the night with another woman last night so like even in five years in the future with armageddon on the line dean is still a womanizer like, yeah thanks writers thanks that's <laughs> yeah that's exactly what yeah good job and you would good job think making your character feel really great <laughs> they would you think that they would want to do more with it as a gag but they don't really they don't really do much of anything with it just like her being mad at the wrong guy but it's it doesn't like the future dean is so serious and so hardened that it's really weird for him to still be acting like this like silly version of the womanizer uh i don't really know Mm -hmm. why they do that but yeah it's a it's a choice for sure yeah, the, the the bit doesn't really go anywhere. There's a part in the future where they're, they're going to lay out a plan for for a mission that they want to go do, and it, it comes up, and past Dean is like, oh, apparently we spent the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, you, future Dean is like, will you please shut up? But that's it. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like, future Dean is such a such a prick this entire episode. He's, he's so battle-hardened, and he's so emotionless, and he's so focused on the mission that it seems really out of character that he would be, like, sleeping around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, that's the only two times it comes up. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, so he asks Chuck where Kaz is. And then we get introduced to five years later, Kaz, who is, Oh, he's much different. Chris. He's like some sort of weird, like yoga sex guru guy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He is hanging out. He has found like the 10 survivors that are all interested in doing yoga and having orgies yep. during yep. the apocalypse. This is a weird camp, Chris. This is a very this weird camp. This is a camp. very strange camp. Very strange camp. Um, and it um, is interesting that basically the human version of Castiel is like spiritual but incredibly debaucherous. Um, mm-hmm. He probably very influenced by Dean, but just as as it goes out, like he's taking um, amphetamines like he he's an, he used to be an angel. He's like, I think Dean says at one point, like, welcome to the club. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Except I was part of a way better club before. <laughs> I used to be part of a way better club. I love that line. Uh, and it is interesting yeah, to um, see him. And like, he doesn't seem like he's too bad off. But it's also like, that's a... He's like, yeah, uh, everything sucks. So I'm just like trying to live it up as much as possible. Exactly. And... He plays, like, this Castiel, Misha Collins plays this version of Castiel with a kind of relaxed, laissez-faire attitude mm-hmm. that really, really works. Like, again, just the strength of Misha Collins acting, that he's able to not only act like Jimmy Neutron, not only able to act like Castiel, but also act as fallen Castiel, mm-hmm. which feels totally different than um, any of the other Castiels that we've seen so far. I love that Dean asks um, if he's uh, if he's stoned. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, most most of the time, Yes. <laughs> as much as I can be. Yeah. And uh, it's notable that he does not have his angel wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, future Dean is back and we get this like kind of weird, 
um, camaraderie scene where like him and his boys are piling out of the truck and they're tossing beers and everything. And then future Dean just like lifts up a gun and blows one of them away. Like his own team. I know that we've and, seen Dean like talk to people before, but I have a really hard time believing he'd be buddies. With any- yeah. Like, and it's, I think it's, it's not really implied that they're buddies. Like this definitely feels like you're my soldiers and I'm mm-hmm. the general, mm-hmm. right? Like these are, these are grizzled hun- hunters that are looking up to Dean because Dean has, you know, he's the man and all yeah. of this stuff. I both can and can't really imagine this. It's it's like this scenario. <laughs> like yeah, like like I've seen the episodes, so I'm like, yeah, okay. Makes sense. But then when I really think about Dean, like it's just Dean and Sam or like Dean and Cass. Like it's always him and like one other person. It's hard to really picture him in like a big group setting. I, I, I can see what you're getting at there. Like, he, Dean doesn't seem like he would be friends with any of these d- dudes. All yeah. these dudes look like, like seriously grizzled up assholes. Um, <laughs> but he shoots one and says, like, uh, well, you know, he got, he had the Croatone virus. And uh, past Dean is kind of horrified by this whole thing. Uh, it's like, I can't believe you would just blow away someone, like, blow away a member of your squad, like, in front of everybody. Like, I can't imagine what that makes them think. It makes, me th- makes them think that I'm the leader, that yeah. I, I know what the fuck that I'm and doing, because I've been doing like, this for the last five years. Like, he's going to have to go no matter what. There's no cure. Uh, better not to, like, give a good man bad news. Like, just just kill him. Mm-hmm. Cold-blooded. Uh, and, again, future Dean is a serious prick to past Dean mm-hmm. this entire time. Uh but future Dean has gotten his hands on the Colt. Hey, you guys remember the Colt? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, and he's been looking for it for five years because it's the, obviously the only thing that's going to kill Lucifer. And he sets up this like completely crazy plan. Basically. Uh, he knows where Lucifer is because he's been torturing demons and the past Dean is pretty horrified at that. He's like, Oh good. And then we're torturing again. That's, that sounds great. Like that sounds perfectly healthy. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Future Dean is in this, like, to win this, right? Like, he's he's willing to do and sacrifice anything in order to get his shot on Lucifer. Um, and everybody's kind of remarking that this is a terrible plan, including Riza from earlier and Cassiel. Uh, and everybody's confused, including past Dean, on why Future Dean is even bringing along past Dean to begin with. Because he wants him to see something. Um, mm-hmm. And he finally reveals that Sam didn't die in Detroit, or wherever it was, wherever they're going. Um, he said yes. And at first, Pastine is like, what, what, what do you mean he said yes? He said yes to Lucifer. Like, and I think that this is, whether it's a trick by the angels, or it's an actual eventuality, I think that this is implying, like, Dean, if you don't step in and do something, like, your brother's not strong enough to resist this. He will succumb to it eventually. Uh, and I think that that future Dean, he knows that. He knows that Sam wasn't, obviously he knows that Sam wasn't strong enough because he did it, but he's, he, I think he's looking back full of regret. He says that he would give anything to go back and say yes to Zachariah and to the angels. Um, but also that he should have stayed with Sam or, or brought Sam back to the fray. Because if you don't, bad shit's going to happen. And he, he begs uh, Pastine to, when he goes back to the past, to say yes to Lucifer. And says like you know this, you know we don't we don't have a world like it's it's been destroyed like there's <clears throat> even if you even if agreeing to this is going to mean that half the world dies it's still better than the one that we have now like this virus has been running rampant for the last two years it's destroying entire cities it's in every single continent like this is this is the worst possible timeline mm-hmm. like you ha- you have to go back and say yes and that, he, he does this great line like but I know you won't because I I didn't yeah. Um, and it's 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 interesting. It's very obvious. This is what you know. Zachariah wanted Dean to see by sending him into the into the future. Um, it's 
it's here we get to kind of their their run on Satan. So future Dean has figured out where Satan's going to be, and he's sending his team in um, through like the second floor. Past Dean kind of pulls him off to the side and is like, you're lying to these people. What is going on? And it's revealed that future Dean is, is using his own people as decoys so that he can slip around the back and get the drop on Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, and it's and Dean's like, that's not a really great thing to do. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? This is the type of thing that we were seeing Sam doing in season four. Not to mm. that extent, but like he uses a ghost boy as bait. Like he's just kind of willing to make the sacrifice of other people to get the job done. And I think it's an interesting parallel to make. Like Dean has never been like that, really. Um, but to show that under the right circumstances, these brothers or these hunters, they all end up in that same place. Like when there's nothing else, when they feel like the mission is all that's left, that's when they're willing to do anything and sacrifice people. And they lose what makes them heroes for the most part. Um, and I think just on a broader scale, without each other, they can't really be heroes. We should mention, too, by the way, that on the way to this mission, uh, Past Dean and Kaz had a conversation, and it's, it's revealed that the angels just fucking took off. Yeah. Um, future Dean has been begging Michael to come back and, and take him over, but they just stopped listening. They all ran off. And then when the angels ran off, that's where uh, uh, Misha lost his angel wings. Mm-hmm. So that's when he became human. Like, it's like all of his mojo went with the angels. Yeah. Um, just wanted to mention that for the oh, sake of completion. Sure. So. Yeah. They, um, it's so. just the worst possible timeline, like you said. <laughs> It is definitely uh, Donald Glover walking in with that yeah. and seeing the room on fire, <laughs> yes, right? Like yes. it's that it is that writ large. Um, it's it's not a great place place to be. Past Dean is is confronting Future Dean on this plan to sacrifice all these people. So Future Dean does what he does best, which is to knock out Past Dean. <laughs> like <laughs> just 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 sucker punches him and knocks him right the fuck out. Uh, Dean wakes up and realizes like there's there's a firefight going on in the building, so he runs around the back and uh, he arrives just in time to see a uh, a white boot crushing future Dean and breaking his neck. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns around and we see Sam in full fucking Lucifer mode. Yeah. And oh, Chris, before we get into this, because I think we have a lot to talk about here, why does Lucifer show up in a white suit all of the goddamn time? I don't <laughs> like, know. They did this on Smallville. I think they did this with. Um, Oh man, um, the good omens I feel like they, that Lucifer is in that uh, Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, I just yeah. picture him wearing a white suit in that too. I don't know why. Sure. Yeah. I, it's it's really weird, right? Yeah. In that in that um, I don't know if you read the comic Wicked and Divine, where Lucifer is a woman, like she's always dressed in white. There, it's, like it's it just works. It's kind of weird. It's weird, but I think I mean it works. Yeah. Maybe there's some. Uh, lore reason for it. Like, maybe there is something written where, like, he appears a certain way. Um, or if he just gets kind of lumped in with, like, the pale horse, all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. But the imagery, it does seem consistent, but it, I think it seems, it's effective. Seeing this pristine white figure, especially, like, Jared Padalecki being so tall, he, like, stands out against, like, the desolate background that they're against. And it, it's very striking. Um, and having Dean, like this weathered Dean, seeing future Dean dying and looking up at this, like, not a not a scratch on him, not a, a fleck of blood or mud on it on his white suit anywhere. It's just this immaculate evil being. And it's, 
it's scary. Uh, mm-hmm. Props to Jared Padalecki for pulling this off. Just right out the right out the gate. Want to want to give him some serious props. Props. He he takes kind of a much lighter tone, like a like a less serious tone than he usually does, mm-hmm. and it's it's very good. He makes it he it makes it seem like he's possessed by Lucifer. Like he, I feel like they. This show does always does a really good job with this stuff with like the same demon possessing multiple people and them all acting the same way. Yeah, and I, I feel like this is Mark Pellegrino via Jared Padalecki, yeah, right? Like that—that's what this feels like. Um, and, and and Lucifer, Lucifer Sam, I guess we can say, or just Lucifer uh, dressed up as Sam, is kind of amused to see Dean here. He's kind of he, he kind of smiles. He's like, "Oh, hey, yeah. you're, you're here. What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> And Dean's like, "Aren't you going to kill me?" And he and Lucifer looks over at like the dead Dean body. He's like, "Don't you think that'd be a little redundant?" Yeah, <laughs> like I just did it. <laughs> and it's that kind of so good. Uh, this sort of sincerity, I guess, that makes him so effective as a villain. Um, and I don't know how he says it exactly, but he reveals to Dean like uh, he's not interested in destroying the world. This is God's like last great creation. Um, but. I don't really know what his motivations are. I don't know if he says it and I just missed it, but um, no, he um, he's much much more interested in telling his yeah, his, his origin his story, story to Dean, <laughs> and, and and Dean is definitely not interested. He's like, "Oh Christ, are you going to tell me a bedtime story, please?" Um, but Lucifer explains that you know his his crime, the reason that he was outed from heaven, was because uh, he loved God more than anything, mm-hmm. and then God created humanity, and God told them, "You need to." kneel down before this, these humans and worship them more than you worship me. You should love them more than you love me. And Lucifer refused. He said, how could I possibly love them more than I could love you? They're, you know, they, they're flawed. They're murderous. They, they're, they're, they're not all in your holy light Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, and how could I possibly do this? And that's the reason that God told Michael. And I think that's very, it's very specifically said like that God told Michael, God had Michael, send me to hell. Like God didn't even bother doing it himself. He was like, Michael, take care of this dude for me. Um, and that was his only crime was loving God too much. Right. And that's uh, exactly, it's, it's kind of a, that's exactly what uh, John Winchester did to Dean. He said, if you can't save yeah. your brother, you should probably kill him. Um, mm-hmm. so the, the parallels are, are numerous and obvious. Um, but yeah, he, Lucifer says, does the punishment fit crime? Um, just wanting to love God or in his mind, probably like wanting to do the right thing. Does, does that, does the punishment for that feel like it should be hell? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, as Dean says, like, he just wants some sympathy for the devil. Like, that's that's all this is about. Is It's Lucifer's sob story. It's the ultimate sob story. Of, like, he doesn't believe that, I don't even know if he believes himself that he's evil. He just thinks that, like, humans are, are the worst. And I'm doing this because I love God. And and Dean explains, and Dean's response to this is fucking great, fucking right? Love like it. he's like, you're not. I mean, you're you're just some shitty supernatural being. Belly, he calls him a cockroach, yeah. like a belly to the ground supernatural. Same piece of crap. brand of cockroach um, that I've been squashing my whole life. <laughs> so fucking good. Fuck yeah, dude. I, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I'm, I'm, I pulled this out to see if I can make it into the intro somehow. So it might be at the very beginning of this episode because I love it so much. If not, then I will definitely pull it right here. But um, yeah, this that oh man, his response is so good, and it doesn't set Lucifer back or anything. And I like that, like that you know, because they're just talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actively dislike it when heroes in a story say some some shit back, and like the villain is taken back like, or whatever. Oh. And that doesn't happen here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting yeah, like, you to oh, talk wow. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But um, Lucifer basically says, like, you know, it doesn't matter because I know you're not going to say yes to Lucifer or excuse me, say yes to Michael. I know you're not going to kill Sam. So it's always going to wind up right here. Mm -hmm. It's always going to wind up with my boot on your neck breaking you. And I'm going to get Sam to say yes. It's going to happen. And that's, you know, and Dean's a little shook by this a little bit, I think. But um, basically, at that point, Lucifer disappears. Zachariah kind of sneaks up behind him and, and zaps him forth back back to the past. And this this next scene is fine. Um, and you know what? I'm going I'm to save this point to the very end. Okay. So, um, yeah, Zachariah zaps him back to the past and is basically like, okay, now that, now that you can see what happens, you have to be able to say yes, right? And he doesn't. He does not. Dean just straight up says no. Dean still is like, nope, no <laughs> and, way. And uh, Zachariah is super pissed about this. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's about to gear up to do some serious angel shit now that he actually knows where Dean is. And uh, Dean, it just disappears. And it's Castiel has saved this dude from Zachariah. Yeah. And uh, Dean very lovingly puts his hand on, on Cass's shoulder and he says, never, oh, never change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man. This where he like looks at Castiel or with this just like look of adoration. Wow. Like I'm sure that if you search Destiel on Tumblr, like this gif pops up, right? It's, it yeah, probably has to. It's the gif. <laughs> um but Dean Dean obviously he didn't he didn't walk away from all of that without learning a lesson. Um but that lesson wasn't say yes to the angels. That lesson was don't let Sam become Lucifer. Like don't push him away. I don't think that even even though that Dean went into all of that, having just had a conversation with Sam where he said, like, we need to stay apart. I feel like in in, in his heart or like even in his mind, like he never thought that in five years he's never going to have spoken to Sam again, which is the reality that that future Dean was living out where that conversation was probably their last one. Um, but seeing how that that could go, you know, that's that's what Dean responds to, as we're going to see. Uh, he doesn't. He's not mm-hmm. going to say yes to the angels, but he's not going to fight this battle alone. He's not going to let his brother go down that path. Like I think that this is old Dean taking back over, like doing what what he knows he he needs to do. Absolutely, yeah, and r- understanding like, hey, like I, I definitely probably I definitely can't do this alone. So like I I don't want to do it at all. But if I'm going to do it, I'll, I'm going to do it with Sam. So, but he doesn't say any of that. I just think it no, it shows him like meeting up with Sam. Um, which is, this is all good stuff. We were just talking about this earlier. Um, they clearly, they, they don't show the phone call, but it's like they plan to meet up somewhere. And, uh, I don't think they show the phone call. I can't remember, but, um, Mm -mm. it's an emotional scene. It's only been what? Two episodes, not even two full episodes since they, they broke up. Not even two full episodes. Yeah. He he broke up at the end of episode two and now here we are at the end of episode four. Like, so I guess exactly two episodes if you want to, but it still feels like so uh, much has happened, you know? Sam found out he's the the vessel. Dean time, Dean time traveled. Like he fought uh, Raphael or c- captured him, whatever. Like so much has happened since they broke up that it feels like it's been a while. Um, I love that we're calling this the breakup. Yeah, it's by the, the way. breakup. <laughs> and it's uh, it's yeah. This is this is extremely powerful. Like uh, Sam arriving and kind of walking up to Dean and looking a little bit hesitant, as if he doesn't quite know what to expect. And uh, Dean has to surprise Sam by saying, "Like I." I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really know what I am, but I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, I. You know. I shouldn't have said those things. We. We might be each other's Achilles heels. We might be weaker when we're together, but we've all we got. And my favorite line out of all this is uh, Dean says, "We keep each other human." Mm-hmm. Like he's he's gonna hold on to 
Sam not to protect him anymore, but so that they can both use one another to to keep each other out of like the clutches of angels or demons or Lucifer or Michael or whatever the fuck, yeah. like to make each other human, which I think is a, is a, is a very strong thing. Like I feel, I feel like that's a very strong thing for, for Dean to say to Sam Definitely. and Sam really appreciates it, which I like in the writing. Sam's like, thank you so much for that. That's what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more of Sam's like, I won't let you down kind of, kind of thing, but it's just, it's a powerful moment between the two. They, they weren't gone for long, but seeing them back together after everything they experienced, it really like it hammers home. Like, how much has changed over the course of you know, four seasons? Um, just how much shit that they've been through, but then they, they get back to this moment um, where they, they both know, like, just like Dean says, we keep each other human. You know, Sam went dark side. All this shit happened. Um, and, he, I mean, he went dark side because he didn't listen to Dean. They didn't listen to each other. They weren't able to, to break through whatever bullshit was between them, but that's the one thing that they need the most. Uh, also, real quick question. Um, when when Sam gets out of the car, he walks up to Dean, and Dean takes the uh, knife out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. Is this supposed to, is this supposed to imply that like because it's like he like hesitates a second and like Sam like flinches back? Is this supposed to like suggest to the audience that like Dean called Sam to kill him before he could become Lucifer's vessel? Like what, what is this bullshit? Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't see this either. I, I didn't really understand it except. Um... Like I, I, I don't necessarily think the writers were trying to like faint anything. It just they wanted it to be, they wanted you to think like anything could happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's just a cheesy way to make that that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. happen. Um, but he give and he does give Sam the knife. And it's like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna be you know joining the team, or whatever. I don't like he's only been gone like a week. Yeah. Dean, chill out. Yeah. Uh, but you you'll probably need this because I'm sure you're a little rusty. <laughs> like Dean ragging on his little brother is always is always fun yeah, stuff. It's I like think. it's exactly <clears> what they think they needed to. Um, some, he says something about him being like, oh yeah, you're like the second best hunter around. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, as much as it might be strained and we don't know how long it's going to last, it's nice to see the brothers being brothers again for a second. Yeah. It's, it's, it's emotional. Um, and you can tell that these, both of these boys want to be together and as the viewer i feel like we need them to be together mm-hmm. like especially at this time where michael is trying to pursue the angels are pursuing dean in order to get him to say yes to michael and now demons are probably pursuing sam to get him to say yes to lucifer yeah. like they're they need each other to protect one another and to help each other out and to prevent them from saying to agreeing to something that would destroy their lives um i overall i really like this episode like there's some funny bits in it I find the the cast stuff is is okay at best. I liked it a lot more when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm, it's really it's kind of hard for me to get behind like that they're living in an apocalypse apocalypse camp, and then you know there just happens to be like fifteen chicks that are down for orgies. Yeah. <laughs> like they love orgies. Like that's that's a little bit too ridiculous for me at this point. It's funny, like it's a funny concept, but it's 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 very unbelievable. Um, it's less believable than the apocalypse. So that, that probably says something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but I, overall, I like this episode. I do you have a hard time agreeing with Dean's decision at this point? Because I feel like after having seen everything that he has seen when he goes into the future or in this alternate reality, because I think the the writers of the show, I think Kripke has come back and said like, yeah, this is just a, a possible future alternate reality type thing. It's not actually the future. Um, it, I feel like Dean at this point, where he where he was with Sam at the beginning of this episode, which is to, to basically abandon his brother. Um, I feel like he would just say yes at this point. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I, I'm looking at it as 
the angels going to this extreme to teach him a lesson. And it is an extreme. It's three days in an apocalyptic future where he sees himself and Lucifer and, you know, just all of these awful things. They pushed him to this extreme. They showed him this extreme so that he would come back and say yes. He would have a, an extreme reaction and would want to say yes. Dean still kind of has a extreme reaction, and that is to completely 180 on his position with his brother and say, no, fuck that. I'm not going to let any of this happen. I'm pulling Sam back in. Um, so he does. He takes an extreme lesson from it, but it is not what the angels wanted him to take. Exactly. And I and I get that I do, I and I realized like um, the phrase that we're going to get to in, in this season at some point is going to be team free free will mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's very much that the writers want us to be on the side of the humans uh, because you know God gave us free will so we sh- we should be able to use it yeah and it's it's something that Dean is, is leaning into. Like he wants to protect humanity. That's been his goal from the very beginning. Because if the apocalypse happens, they lose humanity. They lose. Yeah. It, everything is done. Basically. It's the, the literal end of the world. And I, I just, I find it a little hard to believe that he would be this stubborn. And I don't, I, I like that he doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I feel like maybe I'm just projecting my own insecurities mm-hmm. onto Dean at this point. Like I would probably have said yes after seeing all of this. I've been like, yeah, okay. Like my future self told me to do this. I should probably listen to my future self. He's a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I um. So yeah, I. I don't know. I, I like that he doesn't, but um, it it bothers me that it doesn't at this point. Yeah, I could see that, and I I just I think a lot of it really is the fact that. He thinks the angels are evil. He thinks the demons are evil. And there's kind of no way around that. With Cass at their side, like, they're making some small progress. And I think that Dean just believes that if they can kill Lucifer, however they're going to do that, if they can kill Lucifer, then they'll stop all of this from happening and then it will be okay. Um, they're holding on to, or Dean especially is, is holding on to false hopes, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. or, or even a false defiance. And spoilers, we're going to see the boy break down a few times throughout the season. Um, this yeah. this defiance doesn't doesn't go without punishment or 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 it has a weight like it weighs on Dean that he makes these choices uh, and I yeah. I think that a lot of times he feels like they're not the right choices and we have to remember that that Castiel's searching for God right I think that this that probably plays into some of what Dean's doing is stuff that Castiel's doing you know if they mm-hmm, could find mm-hmm. God they could probably stop all of this from happening sure yeah that's good point yeah. I uh I really like this episode, Chris. Yeah, I like too. these two episodes a, a whole lot. Um, Supernatural really feels like it's coming to its own with this season. Like the writing is extremely strong, mm-hmm. the world building is extremely strong. I, there's really nothing even particularly super dumb about these two episodes. Um, the Castiel stuff, the Castiel orgies aside, you know, <laughs> and which is not even an, an egregious thing. It's just something that kind of just a dumb takes me off a little a dumb bit. joke. Yeah, it's just it's a dumb joke. Yeah, um, I, I man like. This feels like a show. This does feel <laughs> like, like it, a it show. Has, it has for a while, but man, there's a reason that season five is everybody's favorite season. Mm-hmm. It's because season five is good as hell. Mm-hmm. You got any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm, I'm super excited to see where this is going to go, and I'm glad the boys are back together. Yeah, the boys are back in town. Oh, I don't know if you know that. I, yeah, do we have we never mentioned the fact that uh, the boys are back in town? 
we not on this pot not on this episode of the podcast, huh, Chris. We have we have neglected to mention that. So, well, yeah. viewer, uh, listener, uh, the the, the mm-hmm. boys they're uh, <laughs> they're back in town. They're ba- they're they're back in town. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and your relatives. We really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for leaving iTunes reviews. That's a huge way to support the show because it makes us more visible on the iTunes store, which for better or worse is basically the premier podcast spot. Yeah. Uh, thank you especially to all of our Patreon subscribers over patreon.com slash monster of the week. Their support enables us to do cool new stuff like have early release feeds and uh, cover stuff like supernatural books, animes, and comic books. Yeah. Can't wait for all that stuff <laughs> to get funded because it's going hey, to be hilarious. We're getting pretty close. So if you want to see that happen, then... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you want to see that happen, we're we're uh, I think thirteen dollars from our first goal right now. So that would be really great if you helped us out with that. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for doing all of that stuff. Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at local bones on Twitter. Excellent. I am at JG Greer on Twitter. You can find all of the podcast social media links at monsteroftheweek.cool. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and probably some other places besides. Um, thank you everyone again for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys. So, Autumn did this podcast um, that Laser Discotheque, um, mm-hmm. and they they watch movies um, that are only on Laser Disc, basically, or that <laughs> they watch movies that are on Laser Disc, not only on Laser Disc, mm-hmm. and. Um, the dude that hosted with his um, significant other wife or girlfriend, I don't know, but um, Levi was like, hey, um, I'm over here in Houston, and uh, like I know Jeremy's a big Supernatural fan, so uh, part of my job is arranging brewery tours, and I can get you a much better tour than like the average tour of, um, what is it, the family business thing that uh, Jensen runs? What? Yeah, so I'm like, hmm, how, Levi, how, how much is Jensen over there? Can I just come say hi? <laughs> can, I just, <laughs> can I just get up in there? <laughs> Do I need to wear some flannel to be accepted? What else do I got to do? <laughs> so. You think if I change my profile picture to Sam Winchester that after a while people will just believe that that's me? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think anybody would notice if you did it. Like, because it's small enough. I don't. And like, you guys <laughs> have kind of a similar silhouette. So I, I bet you could do it right now and nobody would notice until this episode comes out. <laughs> reactivated my facebook because facebook was like hey uh were you trying to log in because you didn't do it right and i was like is somebody trying to hack my facebook so i went in and changed my password and here i am again it's that uh guy that wants you to host his uh adventure tv show swear to god and and last week i had to change my apple password so somebody trying to steal my identity and all my accounts I'm gonna start texting you stuff, stuff, and then you're not gonna know what it is when I talk to you on the phone. You're like, "Who the hell have you been texting?" <laughs> All right, I have. Uh, I just placed some figs um, precariously Ooh. on a shelf above my head. So if you hear mm-hmm. a crash and shout, that was uh, not Kenshin Humura falling down on me. Okay. So you you've played like a tabletop game. What what did you play as? Like what was your what was your style? Um for the D&D thing, um I was the very first D&D thing I did like uh that Gary and Brian were both kind of like into it like doing voices and stuff. And uh I had no capacity to do that and I did not. And same thing with the um 
the thing we did for Jala Aid. Like I just kind of mm-hmm. was me, but I got more into the role playing. But I didn't do like voices or anything. So I um so we're playing just traditional like like D and D like uh, mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms D and D. And I I played as fifth a edition half- fifth edition bro huh, huh? Yeah. fifth edition. <laughs> That's exactly it. I played as a uh, as a half orc uh, okay. bard who obviously is a half orc, so he's like pretty ugly. He's pretty menacing, but all he wants mm-hmm. to do is sing. You know, that's just. That's just what he believes in. Also, he's a terrible singer, brilliantly gifted musician, but cannot sing. Um, Dylan kept trying to get us to like feed him backstory, and I was like, "That's like literally it." Like one day, like fantasy David Bowie came to town, and he's like, "I want to be that," and that's it. That was the whole basis for my character. And also that in in fantasy, people will always be like, "Hello and hail," but my guy just says, um, uh, "Hail and hello," because he doesn't know that they're the same thing. He thinks that he's being fancy. <laughs> Um, he thinks he's a real fancy boy. <laughs> so that was my, that was my, uh, my gimmick was going around. He loves, uh, elves. That's the only thing that he's attracted to are just elves of any gender. It doesn't matter. And, um, he's a real, he's a real flirt and he's a real schmoozer. And he kept trying to buy rounds of drinks for everybody in the bar, but he had no money. So he's like, every time you, you know, he's going to get busted. He'd be like, don't worry, I'll pay for it with a song. Doesn't really go well for him. That doesn't. Yeah. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, that was my character. His name was Baromog the Grey Rose. He gave himself that name. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I love this guy already. Yeah, I was a, uh, I was some sort of barbarian named Axhole. <laughs> like, like Axel Rose, but like Axhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Axel Rose. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I it was fun. Like D and D is a lot of fun. Like, I could see, I could see why, um people get way into that like i could yeah. i could definitely see that being like a thing i just it's, it's just a lot of it's a lot of effort it's so. a lot of effort for sure um but when you're just sitting there drinking then it's a little bit better like so dylan was like crafting this story for us and he's leading us through this like dungeon that's been this like cave that's some bad shit's been going on in there we fight a, a couple skeletons we fight like this shadow creature and we're like all right this is some pretty dark shit going on in this cave and then we get to like the end of it, I guess, and there's a necromancer in there, um, and he had prepared like a whole big fight for it. But I just decided that I was gonna do a uh, like a bluff on him because I had a spell that I could summon light and I could shape it into the, the shape of a human. So I pretended that I summoned an angel to come and talk shit to him, and I happened to roll like a twenty on it, so it was a crit, and just ended up talking my way through this necromancer battle. And I was like, D and D fucking rules. <laughs> like that was supposed to be a fight but it wasn't like i just could convince this dude that an angel had come down to like smite him and he got so afraid that he just was like all right i'm giving up my <laughs> necromancer ways that's awesome never would have worked if i didn't roll a 20 but remember everybody calling it like devil worshiping and shit so weird yeah that was very strange that was like before my time but like that's what my parents believed when i was getting into it when i was younger what which is like the dumbest thing ever, right? Yeah, no, it's like just it's, we're just nerds. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like it's not. It's it's exactly the opposite. Like it's not. <laughs> it's going to pre- it's going to prevent us going out doing anything cool. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, don't like football. Like that's all this is. <laughs> I love calling uh, fantasy football Dungeons and Dragons for jocks. It's because everybody best. at my office does that. So check this out. We're at our. Uh, oh, I'll check it. We're at our at, a, at one of our favorite places in Lafayette, this little sports bar, and uh, we don't really do sports bars a lot, except when Autumn wants to watch sports. Like I said, there's a soccer game on. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the place that we go. And uh, 
so we're, we're friendly with one of the bartenders and we were uh, chatting with her about Game of Thrones and shit like that. Like homegirl is obsessed with Game of Thrones. And um, while we're doing this, like 40 dudes seems like they walk in the door and they all go to the back room and they've all carrying like notepads and laptops. And I was like, are people <laughs> doing like Final Fantasy stuff? And she's like, yeah, you haven't heard about the, our, like our, our, the best deal in town or whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about? So apparently they have like they put on fantasy f- football parties where um, each member of the party pays like, and there's different tiers, so 10, 20, 30, 40 bucks. Um, and you get like stuff. Um, and at the highest tier, it's $40 per person and you get free. <laughs> it's an open bar for two hours. What the fuck? And it's free appetizers. That's and like I'm like, that's, I paid that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I said. I said, look, I'll pay you $40 right now. Like, that's easy. <laughs> like I could eat my way through that. No problem. And uh, apparently they did this last year and they went ahead and did it again this year, but it's not limited to like draft beers or well drinks or anything. So it's literally an open bar. Uh, she said she was pouring th- the night before she was pouring like 13 Glenn Levitt shots at a time. Jesus. Yeah. And they were, they, she said she did that probably three or four times. And then the group that was in there while we were sitting there having our beers and burgers, um, we saw her pour four rounds of Jameson shots of like at 15 or 16 shots each. That's insane. She's like, they're already up to um, something like five or six hundred dollars just in alcohol, and you still get like free app, free food, right? Yeah, free free appetizers. apps. Don't even, don't even yeah. sleep on those free apps. And they go, um, oh shit! Like they have, and you know, they have like apps like debris fries, which are like fries and it's like um, poutine, but like the southern version, so it's just gravy and cheese all over it, and uh, like wings and gumbo and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, how are you guys not losing your asses off on this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, maybe because of the size of the crowd, they're like, I don't know. I don't she know. says it lasts till Wednesday. And she's like, you know, I, the, the server gets 200 bucks right off the top. So like, I don't know, man, it seems ridiculous to me. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll write a, a road so far this time. We should make a um, podcast channel real quick. Is that not what we're in right now? Oh, you mean to discuss? Yeah. Yes. So that people can see it but can't get and access people, to it. People can't see or can't enter here, right? That's correct. Yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> All right. While you do that, I'm going to go uh, use the bathroom. Right back. This is probably the perfect time to try to be funny, but um, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. I've only had one coffee, and I was a little bit hungover this morning, so my stomach is not like 100% settled, and I am saving all of my funny to be funny on the podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll be funny on the podcast. If not, you'll be hearing this probably at the end of the episode, so if we weren't funny, I apologize, because... I mean, I know I like to laugh when I listen to a podcast. I don't think I listen to any serious podcast. Like, I don't think that there's any single podcast I listen to that isn't, like, kind of funny as it, even if it's covering, like, serious material. Probably the closest was, like, Serial or um, Shit Town or, hmm, that's probably about it. Like, I don't listen to Hardcore History or any of that bullshit. Hmm. Well, about making people laugh. That's what I, that's what I like to do in here.
Oh. Yeah, yeah, you should be good. Oh, Jesus. Hey. <laughs> it just hit my mic really hard. Okay. Did those figs hit your mic? No, no figs were involved in this um, potential disaster. I haven't bought figs in a long time, ma'am. Did you just call me ma'am? No, man. <laughs> listen, listen to me, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Can I purchase some figs up in this store or what? <laughs> I uh, I started watching Twin Peaks last night. Like the oh, yeah. the very the very first episode, the pilot, mm-hmm. and. Um, I didn't realize, and it, it's every single scene with Audrey, either it starts with the camera pointed at her feet, or while she's talking, the camera will drift down and look at her feet. Really? E- every single fucking scene. Like, I'd never really picked up on it before, but, like, it's it's real weird. <laughs> like, I think David Lynch probably has kind of a foot fetish, which is fine. Totally fine, I guess, but... Tell Dylan about that. You're very excited. <laughs> Oh, I didn't write the road so far, but you know what? Um, You're going to wing it again? Should I wing it again? Was it, was it worth it? <laughs> it? What do you think? Um, I don't even remember what, what we've done so far. It's only been one episode, or two mm-hmm. episodes. Because winging it might be funnier than... But it also might be worse, if I can't think of anything funny to say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the time travel stuff counts though, because it's all like. Yeah, and and one and you could kind of argue that that's like a, a probable future and not necessarily a, um mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. it's not obviously it doesn't happen because the show is hit twenty fourteen and still going. It's, it's, it's non canon. <laughs> it, it was so weird here in Dean. Like it's twenty fourteen. I'm like, yeah, doc. <laughs> Welcome to three years ago. Sounded like fucking Solid Snake. <laughs> it's twenty fourteen. <laughs> Something stays in that guy's throat after he talks. <laughs> the uh, the subtle differences between him and Future Dean are really funny. One's slightly dirtier than the other. Totally. It's like the uh, Dirty Faces mod in Skyrim. <laughs> yes. Yay, Jess is back. That's what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> It's serious regular Jess. <laughs> serious regular Jess. Oh wait, oh no, just kidding. She's gone again. Man, this plastic sword is fairly sharp, Jeremy. What plastic sword? Uh Sinosuke Cigars uh Zanbato. Excuse me? Did you just have a seizure? Are you okay? I feel like Look I away said from everything. the blinking light. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, in Japanese, it's Sakura Sanosuke, not not the Americanized version of his name. Um, with his famed Zanbato. I, I feel like I'm being trolled. You could literally put anything in replace of those, in, or those words, and I, I wouldn't know if it was true or not. I'm going to Google a uh, picture of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is just a picture of the figure itself. Okay. Oh, the dang picture. There he is. Look at that motherfucker. <laughs> Hold on, let me go back to Discord. Damn. That's a, 
that's a large sword. Mm-hmm. It breaks in like the second episode that he's in, so it's oh it's good. Not really, it's not really a part of his character. He's a brawler, um, but you know how it is. I do. Why does it have? What are the things on the side of the sword? The like M looking. I think they're supposed to be. Like supposed can to be you break the sword? Around. I think it's supposed to be something tied around it. But it just doesn't like. I don't really know what it is. Because I'm looking at like pictures from the anime, and it doesn't like that's not on it. <laughs> it's just on the figure for some reason. It's a real weapon, not like probably not like that. But they used it to uh, cut down horsemen. Just a uh, fun fact for you. Yeah, that's the very definition of a fun fact. Man, I did not... Like, I knew Destiel was a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I knew it was a thing. Sure. I didn't know it was a capital T thing. Like, people are really into it. And also, it's so fucking obvious. Like, Yeah, it's... it's oh, man. I used to just, like, justify it in my head being like, well, Dean... You know, Dean sees Castiel as a brother. And, like, that's that's the biggest thing is that Dean is willing to let anybody else into his, like, family unit. And that's how I just... That's just what I believed. I believe that he was genuinely saw him as another brother, and that's why it was such a big deal. But now it is, it's so romantic. And, and there's no getting around it. No, there is no getting around it at all. really just stayed in his hospital room for like a day <laughs> like and just hung out with this guy um but they go back and of course who's there waiting for them but Raphael and another great angel intro right that was i figured you would start talking about the yep. <laughs> intro yeah but uh, i just scrolled through my notes again uh, hey while well, while we're here you know there's a great song called don't shake me lucifer uh and I just keep thinking about it every time you say I'm Shake Family. Um, <laughs> is it by, okay. It's by some weird dude from like the 60s who just like sang about like zombies and shit like that. What's it called? Don't Shake Me Lucifer. R- Rocky Erickson? Yeah, Rocky Erickson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's Rocky. Oh, Rocky would probably be the much better way to put this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dope song. It's like a, it's. I'm surprised that it never made its way into Supernatural because it's like classic rock, but it's just weird classic rock. I guess. I've never even heard of this guy. <laughs> Rocky Erickson and the Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I only ever knew a couple songs. Uh, I don't even remember how I found out about it, but it was around the time that I was really into Supernatural, so like it was very fitting. Oh, this is like good Bob Seger. Mm-hmm. I guess also while we're paused, do you care if I go get more coffee? No, good. All right, might as well. Might as well do it now, and then we'll talk about Raphael. All right, here back. Pulled my notes on Raphael here. I kept calling him Raph, so like I like didn't I didn't notice my notes at first. <laughs> like Raph. did I skip the scene? I'm like scrolling through. And, oh yeah, I was calling him. Let's call him Raph. Raph. 
You need to take a break? No, I'm good. I'm going to go get some water. Sure. Took a coffee break a little while ago, so now I feel like I am um, I'm zooming through outer space. You ever drink so much caffeine that your body just starts to leave your body? That's right, not your spirit. Your body starts to leave your body. Uh, it feels like my head is floating like just above my body, but just above my head. Um, but it's not. It's just a lot of caffeine. Because that's what happens when... Um, so today is uh, Labor Day. The, the, the Monday that, that most of us have off, thankfully. I woke up, got a text from Jeremy about recording today. Watched, watched two episodes of Supernatural immediately upon waking up. Uh, drinking coffee. And then immediately came to uh, record a podcast, drinking more coffee. And I think that this latest cup may have been one too many. But I'm here and I'm, uh, I'm ready for home. Now I need a break from talking. I don't have anything else to say. I think that's uh, this has been a little bit disappointing for some of you, hoping to hear some maybe maybe more of my Witcher three uh, tirades, but I have none today. All right, I'm back. I didn't really say anything funny. Um, That's fine. (laughs) Uh, I didn't when you left either, so don't feel bad. (laughs) 